106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Don't you just love how if you dare to question the government-mandated lockdowns, you're labeled a partisan or a virus truther? Well, I'm here to tell you tonight, you are no such thing. Why shouldn't we question our politicians? In fact, it's our responsibility, our civic duty, to question our elected officials, especially when they're wrong. Take California, for example. Governor Gavin Newsom is giving taxpayer money in the form of coronavirus stimulus checks to illegal aliens. Should we not question why Newsom is giving our money to illegal aliens instead of citizens, when 27% of the workforce in San Diego is unemployed thanks to Newsom's lockdown? If not, why not? California also released seven high-level sex offenders, some of them child sex offenders from jail early, for fear of them contracting COVID-19, even though the sheriff said the jail was perfectly qualified to do social distancing. Should we not question why California put innocent people at risk from vile sex offenders who the district attorney says are highly likely to reoffend, all in the name of COVID-19? If not, why not? Data analysis from Ovik Roy at the Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity shows that children are more likely to die from the flu than to die from COVID-19. In fact, children under one year old are 17 times more likely to die from the flu than from COVID-19. Kids one to four are 20 times more likely to die from the flu than from COVID. Kids aged five to 14 are 6.83 times more likely to die from the flu than from COVID. Teenagers and young adults between the ages of 15 and 24 are one and a quarter times more likely to die from the flu than from COVID-19. Furthermore, studies from the World Health Organization, the UK, and the Netherlands show children are not significant vectors of transmitting the virus. Data from Sweden shows children have not started any outbreaks of the COVID-19 virus, even though they've been in school this whole time. And a new study from Australia shows children transmit the flu more often at school than COVID-19. So should we not question our politicians why schools are still closed here in the United States? If not... Why not? 40% of COVID-19 deaths in our country are happening in nursing homes and long-term care facilities. More than half of COVID-19 deaths in 20 states in the U.S. are in nursing homes, including 81% in Minnesota, 72% in New Hampshire, 75% in Rhode Island, and 60% in Washington State, Oregon, Nebraska, North Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and Delaware. Should we not question why governors like Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf and New York Governor Andrew Cuomo forced nursing homes to accept COVID-positive patients, putting the rest of their residents at risk? Should we not question why most blue state governors have not adequately secured nursing homes to this day, high-risk populations, but instead are locking down low-risk populations? If not, why not? Never let a politician or a media talking head, or anybody tell you not to question the government. It is your right to ask, and it's your responsibility as a citizen to hold our government officials accountable.
America is a land of heroes, a place where greatness is born, where destinies are forged, and where legends come to life. This is the home of Thomas Edison and Teddy Roosevelt, of many great generals, including Washington, Pershing, Patton, and MacArthur. This is the home of Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, Amelia Earhart, Harriet Tubman, the Wright brothers, Neil Armstrong, and so many more. This is the country where children learn names like Wyatt Earp, Davy Crockett, and Annie Oakley. This is the place where the Pilgrims landed at Plymouth and where Texas Patriots made their last stand at the Alamo. The American nation was carved out of the vast frontier by the toughest, strongest, fiercest, and most determined men and women ever to walk on the face of the earth. Our ancestors braved the unknown, tamed the wilderness, settled the Wild West, lifted millions from poverty, disease, and hunger, vanquished tyranny and fascism, ushered the world to new heights of science and medicine, laid down the railroads, dug out the canals, raised up the skyscrapers. Our ancestors built the most exceptional republic ever to exist in all of human history, and we are making it greater than ever before. This is our glorious and magnificent inheritance. We are Americans. We are pioneers. We are the pathfinders. We settled the new world. We built the modern world. And we change history forever by embracing the eternal truth that everyone is made equal by the hand of Almighty God. America is the place where anything can happen. America is the place where anyone can rise. And here, on this land, on this soil, on this continent, the most incredible dreams come true. This nation is our canvas, and this country is our masterpiece. We look at tomorrow and see unlimited frontiers just waiting to be explored. Our brightest discoveries are not yet known. Our most thrilling stories are not yet told. Our grandest journeys are not yet made. The American age, the American epic, the American adventure has only just begun. Our spirit is still young. The sun is still rising. God's grace is still shining. And my fellow Americans, the best is yet to come. This is Lou Benninger, and uh, 
We're doing another late night. There's a lot of stuff going on up here in two of the rebellious counties of California. Yuba Sutter, two weak, kind of weak, rural. They're great places to live, sparsely populated, a lot of salt of the earth, hardworking, blue collar, farmers, mechanics, painters, contractors, a lot of good people up here. But in terms of the big muscle counties of California, these are the two weaker counties of California. They're kind of ignored. We have very, because of the way the assembly and the Senate are designed in California, we have very little leadership up here. It's not a comment necessarily about, about the uh, the quality of the people we have. It's just we don't, we aren't allotted enough representation. So we're just weak up here. But the city councils and the supervisors stood up and said, we are going to open our doors. We're, we're not going to keep going like this. And just that little bit of hesitation got, got national news for these people up here. So I'm sitting here tonight. It's quiet. The dogs aren't barking. The garbage trucks are asleep. The tweakers, I think, are even quiet. They're dealing heroin next door, but I think they're kind of nodding out this time of night. So I got me a hot cup of uh, tea with a big slab of butter in it. I'm feeling all jacked up. Ate some cherries that my friend Dave Kugelman brought me. I'm all, I needed some energy. They haven't approved medical meth. So I eat like cherries and stuff. Fired me all up. I'm feeling pretty good tonight. So I hope I don't like lag at the end. We're going to do six segments and uh, about 20 minutes each. But in between, I try to put some people on that are smarter than I am. Uh, so you'll get, if you hang in here through the full, about two and a half hours, uh, no, no, com I got a couple of brief commercials on people that support me here, but the lion's share of all the people talking, except for me, I'm, I'm picking out some good stuff that I help, I got help from. So I'm sharing that with you. Wow. Um, it's interesting days. Um, when I was in school. It seems like it was high school. We read a book called A Tale of Two Cities. It was written in 1859, and uh, it was written by a fellow named Charles Dickens, who was one of the most more famous authors, uh, at least it was back in the day. When I went to school, we still uh, thought highly of people like Dickens and Twain and all these people. Uh, Steinbeck, all those guys. So anyway... Tale of Two Cities, and uh, he he starts off by saying uh, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. And he was describing uh, the the kind of the plot of the the book was it centered on the times coming up to the French Revolution. And the, the setting was in London and in Paris, and it tells the story of two men, Charles Darnay and Sidney Carton. Um, but the main thing I wanted to focus on tonight is the fact that he used this term that's, you hear it every once in a while, quoted. It was the best of times, and it was the worst of times. Today, um, it is, I'm, I'm recording this on the 21st, but it will be fixed and repaired and tuned up by uh, Tanner Martis of Texas, and he will put it up on the Internet for you on the 23rd, so you'll be listening on the 23rd. But tonight 
It's Thursday night the 21st, and we have trouble in America. Many people have been deceived by focusing on uh, the coronavirus, and uh, it's kind of like when a person wants to steal something from you, they distract you with something, and then they take what is valuable to them. In this case, it's your freedom that they're going to steal from you. So this is the best of times. And it's the worst of times, and I'm going to give you a couple identification uh, information um, for folks that may want to get a hold of me for new folks. And then I'll come back to what I, why I think it's the best of times and the worst of times. So you're listening to No Hostages Radio, Lou Benninger, and this is our 60th broadcast uh, since we uh, began here uh, 60 weeks ago. And it is... Uh, Again, I, this will be uh, up on the up on the internet in the podcast world on the twenty third of May, Saturday. You can get this, of course, at your you you stumble across this somehow through a friend or uh, maybe you. I don't know how people get to us sometimes, but uh, through the podcast sources, or you if you saw my website or our website. Uh, off of one of the articles I write, some, I'll put a, a line at the bottom where if you want to get more information, you can go s- listen to a podcast after you listen to it or read the article. Or you can read the old articles or listen to old podcasts at NoHostagesRadio.com. NoHostagesRadio.com. You can listen to all you want if you wish. And if somebody said, oh, I hate him. He said my mother was an idiot back on uh, – some, you know, December 30th, you can go and see whether I really did or not. It's all there, good, bad, or ugly. So uh, the other thing is you can get a hold of me by email, Lou, L-O-U, at NoHostagesRadio.com, uh, and uh, NoHostagesRadio.com, Lou at, and then you can dial me up or text me at 530-713-1838, 530 uh, I don't screen calls. Uh, I That phone is used for trauma intervention, that it's a nonprofit that I run. So I do take calls, even solicitors, uh, even though I, I don't appreciate that because we, we serve a lot of people that are traumatized. But if you want to get a hold of me and just talk to me about something or let me know something or if you want to support the program, you can. Uh, we're not desperate for money, but it does take money to run this. I don't make a living on this. In fact, it costs me money to do it, but I'm happy to do it because uh, I'm standing up for freedom. I got some grandkids. If it was just if it was just me left in my family, I'd probably do some other things. But I have some kids I'm concerned about. Uh, my dad uh, went to World War II, spent four years. His brother went was also my dad was in the Navy. My my uncle, uh, my dad's brother, was uh, in the Army Air Force. And uh, they served, both served four years and, and were blessed to survive. Uh, but I don't take that lightly, and I'm not going down without a fight. And so if, uh, if people want to fight, I'm not, I'm not looking for a fight, but I'm not afraid of one either. And so that's why I'm doing this program. I'm, I'm giving my point of view. It may not be your point of view. That's fine. That's what America is all about. Some people say, oh, I hate your show. I'd say it's okay. You don't have to listen to it. Uh, when it's government, like when they fund with our tax dollars national public radio and shove a bean up my nose with stuff I don't believe in and I hate, that's a problem. When the government takes our money and forces a radio program on us. But I'm paying for this, and, and my friends are paying for this, and 
uh, if you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it. I'm not trying to be offensive or arrogant. I'm just saying that's the freedom we have in America. So there's a bajillion TV stations, radio stations and stuff and stuff. And liberals always want to take the government's money and force their liberal nonsense in our brain. Right. If they want to pay for it themselves, they're welcome to it. That's freedom. Right. So. um so anyway, we're doing this podcast. We used to do a live radio show, and we quit that, and uh, and now we're doing this. So, well, I don't know how long. I don't know how long. You know, it's interesting. I'm getting older, and uh, I've looked back over my life, and, and different things I've been involved in have been amazing. Uh, I mean, I even think that. And it's not because I'm bright or creative. I'm not. But God has just pushed me into things. Uh, kind of backdoored me. It's kind of like when you back, you, you know, you, you're supposed to drive your car down the street forward. And uh, it's kind of like when you back out and you back into an opportunity. I backed into a lot of opportunities. And so uh, I've been in, allowed uh, to do some really amazing things over the last almost 50 years of uh, being involved with Jesus. Before that, I was uh, I was really in, involved in chaos and lawlessness, involved in drugs. And uh, thank God I got rescued out of that. But in the last 50 years, I've been involved in some amazing things. And so I've noticed that over a period of years, I've been involved, all of a sudden, something will, like a storm comes through, and I'll be involved in something for a period of years that is amazing. And then all of a sudden, it's like somebody just turns off the spigot, right? We used to take babies out of prison that were born there and take care of them till mom got out. And uh, I didn't take care of any personally. I just kind of started the thing and then kind of managed it. And we took, I think, 150 to 170 babies out of prison over about 10-year period and uh, helped out a lot of families and uh, seen a lot of kids grow up to be really amazing, wonderful children that were born in really difficult circumstances. And uh, but but all of a sudden that the spigot just turned off and it was just over all of a sudden. And and uh, so I never know what's going to happen next. And but for the time being, we're just we're just keeping the information flowing. And so I mentioned uh, before I uh, wanted to give you some ID information here today, tonight, uh, that I was going to talk about the best of times, the worst of times when this Corona outbreak came. I, like I said, I'm not the brightest guy. I'm a college dropout. I do read a lot, and uh, I got the brain God gave it gave me, and I'm doing my best to uh, uh, take care of it and uh, fertilize it and keep it turned up and tilled and uh, healthy. And so I'm always on the reach and search and stretch to learn things that I never have got around to. And so... Um, when the Corona thing got declared, uh, I just smelled a rat from the get go. And my good friend, Dave Bryan, who I've worked with actually for, but with at the church of glad tidings for over 20 years. And then since I haven't been working on staff there, I've worked still with him for, uh, another 13 years, uh, over 30 years. Now we work together and he also smelled a rat and, and we think a lot alike. And so we began to compare notes, and uh, he's a very bright and good re researcher. And then I began consulting with people that I knew that were medical people, that I know are very smart medical people. You know, not all doctors are made the same. 
not all pastors are, right? Not all mechanics, you got it. Not all surgeons. You want to find the good ones, right, if they're going to work on you. So uh, whenever I need a surgeon, I always look for the best. And then so it's no surprise when I come out with really good results and they're able to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. So when I talked to Dr. Cassidy, who's been my kind of confidant uh, on drug issues and helping addicts for many years and uh, good friend, mentor, uh, Christian uh, sounding board. Uh, we began to, he, he was a health doctor here for over two decades. And, and he just said, you know, there's something wrong with this, Lou, because everything they're telling us to do is wrong medically. It's bad. Wearing a mask is not good for your health. Social distancing is bad for your health. Forcing people, quarantining healthy people is crazy, right? And so early on, we began to take a stand against this. And, um, and then more and more doctors, which, are, which tend to be people that live a pretty low-key life in terms of public stances, now, now the Internet is flooded with doctors, uh, medical doctors, family practitioners, all the way up to p- triple Ph.D. immunologists, scientists that spent, you know, I mean, every doctor has a bit of scientist in them. But when you got people that devote their life instead of working on people, they work on in the lab to solve people's problems from the lab. And uh, so those people started coming out and saying, there's something wrong with this is are, is in an illness. Obviously, people, I, I even have to I hate to even have to acknowledge is it illness. There isn't a day in the world that there aren't people sick of something in every city. Can we just get that out of the way once and for all from the bad, from a bad cold to staph infection, to fungus, to yeast infection, to cancer. Can we just get that out of the way and leave it for a minute? Sexually transmitted diseases, right? Can we just leave that for a minute? Cirrhosis of the liver, hepatitis, all the alphabet of hepatitises. Can we just leave that aside for a minute? And then can we just say that with the evidence that we have now from the government, which you cannot be trusted, unfortunately, I used to think they could, but I do not hold that anymore. Are there good people in government? I have some friends that are right on in government. They work really hard. They're good people. They're honest people. Can they get uh, can they get uh, snookered? Yep, they can, just like I can. So. So early on, I began to think this thing isn't right, and I ain't doing it. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not staying in my house, and I am not changing the way I live because of some damn disease. And I got an immune system, and I'm no doctor, and I've taken a few courses in college. uh, But the highest, honestly, the highest biology, lab biology. Uh, But I do understand that God gave me, and, and again, if you're not a Christian, don't let this blow your hair back. Because if you think you just got this through evolution from a monkey, hey, live with that. It's okay. It didn't, I'm going to sleep tonight whether you believe me or not. But God put an immune system in our bodies. Some people, unfortunately, just like some people are born with a bad heart or bad brain, you, they got something malfunctioning in their brain, right? It's, it's, it's a... Uh, it's a birth fart in your system. So uh, 
so some people can start out and get get a bad situation going that way. But the fact is, uh, we have an immune system. Some people, like you see this, the unusual kid they will highlight. He's born without an immune system, so they got him in some kind of a protective environment. I remember when my friend, he had to have all his bone marrow destroyed to try to uh, beat leukemia. Remember, I don't know if they even still do that. They blow out all your bone marrow, and they then they have to create a room that you will not get infected by anything because you don't have any, you don't have, you can't, you don't have your immune system not working like normal. So if you don't have an immune system, you're screwed, right? But our immune system protects us from breathing in germs every day of our life. From the day we slip out of the womb, every day of our life, we're breathing in germs. Germs are entering our body through various ways. It's just God knew all about it and designed us for it right? And so that immune system is constantly building uh, antibodies or uh, our own built-in vaccines to not let stuff bug us that get in there. Bugs that get us can't bug us. When our immune system gets screwed up, we catch a cold, right? It's like convicts saying, I caught a case. They caught a cold. And uh, so so I usually know when my immune system's down. Why? Because, you know, I get stressed out, right? And there's other things in my body. I won't get on the gory details that go, that seem to go haywire. Maybe sometimes my back will even ache or go out. And so sometimes when we eat too much crummy food, sugar, all kinds of stuff, we get a bad immune system. And then we're more susceptible to something that's in the, in the air, a bug. This thing, this coronavirus... Whether or not Mr. Fauci and his cohorts foisted this upon the world, if he did, I'm volunteering to shoot the dude. How about that right there? Prison is too good for a person like this. If those dudes, Gates and Fauci, whip this up and push this on the world, both of them, should be like I wrote in an article in the Territorial Dispatch. The Kochescus in uh, communist Romania were tried for economic sabotage. I want you to think about that. That means that they they lived in opulence. That means gold-plated stuff. Hundreds of thousands of feet of home while their people starved. They, they tried them for economic sabotage. And they hung both husband and wife. Thank you, Jesus. If these people foisted this thing on the humanity, they should be shot and tortured. I'm sick of it. The, the trouble, the death, the disease, the lies, the panic, the turmoil, millions of businesses destroyed. Honestly, there is no punishment should be spared of these people. Fochi. Fauci, Gates, the whole bunch. These people knew something was going on. They actually predicted it, not within the next decade or two decades or three decades. They predicted that it was going to happen now or in Spanish. I think it's ahora, A-H-O-R-A, for all you Spanish-speaking folks out there. They brought that on us, and then the politicians that have wanted to make this a communist country began to work behind the scenes to, to take control that they've always wanted. Now, I'll be back in a second. We're going to start the second segment, 
And uh, I just want to make a little break in the recording here so my friend Tanner can slip in my clips. All right, we'll be right back. Senator Joseph Biden may have more explaining to do. The new questions stem from taped remarks of Biden during an April campaign appearance in New Hampshire. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Joe Biden was victimized by the truth. Bye-bye, Biden. He may not know it yet, but I think this is very going to be very difficult for him to recover. Is Joe Biden dead meat, yes or no? I think so. Bob? Terminal condition. Terminal. Eleanor. Yes, unless he comes in third in Iowa. <laughs> Morton. Dying. I say dead. We'll Democratic presidential candidate Joseph Biden today faces a controversy. Three weeks ago at a debate at the Iowa State Fair, he used phrases identical to those delivered by British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock. Biden seemed to be claiming Kinnock's vision and life as his own. Why is it that my wife is sitting out there in the audience? is the first in her family to ever go to college. Wave Janice, the first woman in her family in a thousand generations to be able to get the university. My ancestors who worked in the coal mines in northeast Pennsylvania and come up after 12 hours and play football. Eight hours underground and then come up and play football. It's because they didn't have a platform upon which to stand. There was no platform upon which they could stand. The notion that every thought or notion or idea you'd have to go back and find and attribute to someone, I think is, quite frankly, uh, ludicrous. The problem here is that Senator Biden told his audience he'd just been thinking about these things, and he failed to give any credit at all to his famous British speechwriter. You know, I was thinking on the way over here. <laughs> now, that's a little too much, because, as you point out, what's behind the words? What's there? And a lot of people, the rap on Biden has always been that it's just a surface. I should have said... To paraphrase Neil Kinnock, it's the only time I didn't in all the times I've ever used it. But CBS News found a tape of a second instance. It reappeared in the New York Times with a new charge, that Biden had appropriated a famous litany from the late Robert Kennedy about what the gross national product cannot measure. It cannot measure the health of our children. The health of our children. The quality of our education. The quality of their education. The joy of their play for the joy of their play. Biden gave Kennedy no credit. He has also quoted or paraphrased John Kennedy, Hubert Humphrey, and British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock, 
all without credit. Joseph Biden admitted today that he committed plagiarism when he was in law school. He said it was a mistake, but that it was unintentional. He quoted five pages of someone else's work without proper citation. I've done some dumb things, and I'll do dumb things again. He was given an F. So, ladies and gentlemen, I've been dumb. To the political community in Washington, it all seems of a piece. Plagiarism at law school, plagiarism on the stump. The great communicator. Strike that. The great imitator. You don't steal verbatim, uh, or when you do, as he did 99% of the time, you give credit. Biden's critics say he sells himself as a man whose words and visions can inspire a new generation in politics. But if the thoughts, phrases, and visions really belong to others, it's a form of false advertising. Is it a wise idea, though, to take something that personal, anyway, from another politician and try and appropriate it to your own campaign? I think it was a stupid thing to uh, appropriate uh, material that was really very personal that was someone else's. Most people didn't know who he was. You know, Joe Biden, Biden and now they're going to say, oh, yeah, he's the guy who plagiarized. That's a lot of people. First Politically, that's devastating. These clips are devastating. He looks like a Joe Biden wind-up doll with somebody else's words coming out. If they're going to do things that are stupid as well as immoral, then they're probably too dumb to have the job of president. Voters are going to have to decide whether he was dishonest or dumb. was saying that if Fauci and Gates are at the ba- uh, bottom of this, and then plus people that have wanted, they, there are people in this country and in other countries that don't like countries. They want one world government. That's why they, the Democrats in this nation have fought against enforcing the, the borders, the border laws, just common laws of borders. Just like right now, I'm trying to fly to Vietnam, and they will not give me a visa at the Vietnam consulate. They have, a, and and I'm not mad at them. They they're dealing with this virus thing over there, and right now you can travel inside Vietnam, but you can't travel. You can't get a, a visa f- for foreigner for tourists like I am. <clears throat> I go in under tourist visa. They have a right to do that. So there's people in the United States that want to overthrow the United States. They, they don't have the guts to pull out weapons, and I don't think they think they can win. But they think they can win by overthrowing through the school system, through deep state government, through uh, lying to the people and giving money away to the people and getting voted in. That would be what you call Democrat socialists, Democrats. So they've basically taken over California, and they want to take over the government. And so they took this advantage to... What do you think happened? They shut down all our businesses, right? Isn't it interesting how they they didn't do it impartially? They didn't shut down every business. In fact, isn't it interesting that the government employees, even if they were asked to stay home, got paid, got their retirement pay? Isn't it interesting that many of the the, uh, key people in your government got their hair cut or got their hair done? or their nails done, or all that stuff done. Isn't it interesting that the big stores got to stay open? Isn't it interesting that abortion clinics 
pot shops and bars or not bars, but liquor stores got to stay open. But churches could not. Isn't it interesting that there was no care taken for the mental health of people that are being locked up in their own homes? They shut down. Think about it, people. When, when you're involved, when you have an addiction problem and you're involved in probation and you have an alcohol problem or drug problem, you are mandated by law, by the court system to attend AA or NA or some type of meeting like that, support meeting like a church. Why would you do that? Just to piss you off? Just to make you jump through hoops? No, because they think that actually you need that. Need that for your mental health. What do you think drugs and alcohol problem is? It's a problem with your penis? No, it's a problem with your brain. It's an addiction problem. So if you're going to, the top people in the land are going to force you to go to a number of uh, meetings a week. And then because of a virus, you're going to shut down every meeting in the United States of America and, and basically forbid uh, drug rehabs from taking in any fresh people, any new people. What do you think is going to happen? I have personal friends that I've been working with from jail who got out, were on their verge. They're addicts. They're on the verge of getting jobs. And when they called this COVID thing and they couldn't go get their jobs and they had nowhere to live, they both relapsed and are out on the street today in Yuba, Yuba County. Both of them. Females. And they talk about the numbers. They, they post the numbers of people that got ill. Do I care about that? Somebody, what are, what are they, is it a fever? They get diarrhea, so what? You think that's as bad as somebody killing themselves with an overdose? Or getting addicted to drugs and losing their kids? You know, people, the amount of damage done to the United States people, their mental health, their marriage, their, their physical health, their financial health, all to play this big razzle-dazzle. Now you see it. Now you don't. Shut down all these hospitals so they're empty. I saw a lady, uh, a doctor, talking on uh, social media. She's a, it seemed like some side of, like a family practitioner, but she has... She has some of her patients that need cancer surgery. They need a mastectomy. And they call that an elective surgery. Can you imagine being diagnosed with cancer? If you like the Democrats, let me just help you here. I don't really care whether you like them or not. You're fine with me. I, I, you know, you need help, I'll help you. I don't care whether you're communist, I'll help you. Basically, this is a Democrat-run fiasco. And I want you to think about something. You get diagnosed with cancer. And you, because of this coronavirus, you they say you're not going to be able to get surgery and reconstructive surgery until this whole thing is resolved and the hospitals are released. Because they put the kibosh on all the hospitals. The government did. Illegally. Totally violation of the Constitution. I want you to just put yourself in the position of a woman. Could be a man. Has prostate cancer. 
In fact, I, I just one of my friends said to me her her partner has got stage four and, and needs treatment big time. That's a lot of pressure. Maybe you don't maybe you've never had any tragedy in your life. This this whole fiasco that these leaders, supposed leaders, have destroyed life after life after life, then they have the gall, the gall, the arrogance, the insensitivity, the rudeness to robocall salon after salon after barbershop after barbershop and threaten them and then send up their little stormtroopers to walk into restaurants and bars to threaten them. You know something? Here's what I'm sad about. This, this, our country has become so sissified and so pussy. I wish some of those agents would have got their ass handed to them and just beat them to a pulp, knock the windows out of their car, and call Newsom and say, come up and get your boy. I'd be so proud of Yuba County or Sutter County if we just cleaned the clock. Talk, remember the old westerns where some guy did something really funky to somebody in town. They tarred and feathered him. You know what I mean? We, I wish we would just tar and feather some of those agents that came into town to intimidate our neighbors. I got neighbors. I have friends that that was done to. How embarrassing. How disgusting. They deserve the worst punishment. We have... I have not been in favor of letting all these guys out of jail. I work in the jail. Some of them deserve to be there. Do they deserve to be there more than Gavin Newsom or those darn agents that came up from the cosmetology place or the bar, the ABC, big chest stuck out? They need to be slapped up. They need to be jacked up, busted down, and run out of town. People, honestly, this is ridiculous what happened. Whoa. So we came tonight, uh, and unfortunately, by the time you listen to this, the whole gig will be pretty much over. But, uh, and some of you aren't even down here in California, and you're, you're, you're rejoicing because you're up there in Idaho. You think, you think you've gone to heaven. You, listen, I just talked to a lady from Boise, Idaho. And she said, Lou, you need to explain some things to me and about this, what's going on. And and I did. So you think up there in Idaho, you're free of this? Honestly, folks, you better get a grip and you better stand up for what you think you believed in. And if you never took the Constitution course, you better look it up and you better study it and you better figure out what your rights are because somebody's going to jack slap you and take away your rights and uh and you're not going to know what's going on until they t- they took everything that's valuable from you. You think, oh, I just need some money in the bank and a couple steaks and the beer in the fridge, and I'm good. No, you're not. That's not going to work for you, man. You're going to get ripped off. You're going to get ripped off. And so, uh, so some of you are listening to a few other states that you you uh, you're part of the diaspora. You're part of the dispersion. You're part of the refugees from California. You just got fed up. You thought, I'm done. I got you. You know what I'm praying for? I'm praying for a revolution in California. I can't speak. I've never lived in another state. I was born and raised here. My daddy was. My granddaddy was. And uh, the the rest of them came out here from Germany 
uh, many moons ago during the gold rush to Yuba County to try to make, they worked their way over to Yuba County thinking, oh, there's a get-rich-quick scheme up there in Yuba County, and they ended up just being blue-collar hard workers, make a living up in Yuba County. And uh, so I'm hoping for a revolution in California, right? But but the thing is, we need people to figure out what's going on because a lot of people got confused by this coronavirus thing, right? They thought, oh, it's all about coronavirus and just being obedient to the government. And if I don't be obedient to the government, I'm going to die. My kids are going to die. I don't know. Just send me a check. Is there a check coming? Oh, you heard it. Is there a check coming? Honestly, people, the worst thing that could have happened is to put us all on welfare. In fact, I just wrote an article. <clears throat> It'll be on our website this weekend. Uh, but it's in the Territorial Dispatch right now. We're all on welfare now, right? Because the government just said, oh, that's what they want, the Democrats. They want you to send you a check. They just want to control you. They, With that, you're going to sell your soul. You ever heard that, sell your soul to the devil? Just put Democrat in there. That's selling your soul to Democrat. But the Republicans have been stupid for years as well. Most most Republican, you think, oh, the Republicans really respect the Constitution. They do not. They do not. I just saw where our, our representative, James Gallagher, he's assemblyman here. He has put a resolution that basically says the government can't the governor can't go on and and be a dictator. Well, I don't even know whether you could – what if they vote against that? They want him to be a dictator. That doesn't mean he – we got a constitution here. Just because James Gallagher puts a, a bill on there to plead to get everybody to vote to agree that the governor should not be a dictator. That's crazy. So what what we need to do, and uh, we, we just uh, – the Church of Glad Tidings flew – Chris Ann Hall and J.C. Hall out from Florida. Chris Ann Hall has a her background is constitutional law, and she studied history of the United States, and she's taught constitutional law all over the place and been an attorney for the state of Florida at one time. But they're out here speaking tonight. Earlier tonight, they spoke to pastors and uh, politicians. That's an interesting group. Unfortunately, it was a good-sized crowd, but I didn't see a lot of politicians there or preachers. That's a bad sign, folks, particularly uh, the pastors. They're the sorriest bunch of people I've ever met in my life. I hate to say that, but, but that's just the way it is, right? You can't fix something unless you admit it's wrong, right? You can't fix something unless you admit it wrong, admit it's wrong. You can't repair your, I remember getting my shoulder repair and the Dr. Berkey said, Lou, I know something's bad wrong there, but I need a photo of it and you need to go out and pay some money and get yourself an MRI. So I was over in Vietnam. I got myself an MRI over there and brought it back. We couldn't work on it till we got a good look at what was wrong. As soon as he saw the MRI from Vietnam, he said, ah, I see it now. This is what we need to do. We're scheduling you for surgery. We're going to we're going to get you a new shoulder fixed up there, dude, that reattach things. But he couldn't do that, even though he's an expert surgeon. Dr. Robert Berkey he's still in business over here in Yuba City, but he couldn't do that until he could get a good look at it called an MRI. So you need to call things the way they are. We, the pastors in the United States of America are the biggest bunch of pussies there are out there. 
It's sad to say they shouldn't be. You know, it's it's to- they're totally the opposite of what the patriots were in the at the beginning of this country. The 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 revolution of the United States of America, the fervor, the passion of the revolution germinated in the churches. And many of the pastors uh took a sabbatical from preaching and went out and shot people. Hold that thought. They took a sabbatical from preaching and going to Red Robin and went out and shot people. Now, if that is gnarly for you or you can't really swallow that, actually, you're living in the wrong country. You should go over and live with my friends in Vietnam. My friends in Vietnam said, Lou, we're praying for you. I told them we're going down to the Capitol and protest. They said, wow, Lou, uh, you got problems. We've been watching on the news. You got problems over there. They, I said, yeah. They said, we're praying. Isn't it amazing? A communist country, people that are living under communist rule, where they can come and pick you up at any time and you'll disappear. They'll just take care of you. They're praying for us. And they said, you know, Lou, we can't do that here because they'll just incarcerate us and shoot us. <laughs> it's called tyranny, they said. It's called tyranny. Tale of two cities. It's the best of times, the worst of times. Why am I saying the worst of times? It's bad. You know what? Sometimes I just like it. Sometimes, you know, you're working with a group of people and you think, I don't think some of those people are with me in this project. I think they're like backstabbing me. I think they're not with me. Right. And um, you don't want to go into battle with people that aren't really with you. You with me? You with me? You ever think maybe your spouse is not really with you? Or maybe people in your business are maybe stealing from you, not with you, right? I like it when the covers get pulled out back and you can see who's with you. Sometimes I look at people that are friends of mine. I think, you think, I I said, I assume that they think like I do. But then something will happen, and I'll think, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, you don't think like I do on that. And I have. it's not their problem. It's my problem. It's a perception problem. I perceived that they were patriotic. I perceived that they believed in the Constitution. I perceived that they really believed in freedom of religion. And as soon as the government said, you can't meet anymore, they thought, oh, well, uh, uh, how long do you want us to not do that? Six months, year, two, ever? We're good. We're good. We're, we're, what, are we, what are we doing? We're stopping. We're going to stay healthy. We're going to, like, stop a virus. What did you call that virus? Wuhan flu. And then, then they just, the amazing thing of people getting pissed off because I don't have a mask on. I thought, I'm not pissed off because you have a mask on. You want to wear a mask driving around a pickup truck by yourself? It's cool. Right? You want to drive around naked in that pickup truck? I don't care. Don't make any difference to me. You want to screw a horse? Screw a horse. I don't care. You want to have a sheep? Keep a sheep around the house? Have sex with a sheep? Have sex with somebody your own gender? Makes no difference to me. Have a happy over there. But don't come and tell me I'm bad because I'm going to have sex with a woman. I'm a guy. And if I want to have sex with a woman or or I want to get married, you're going to make fun of marriage. Or 
I'm not going to have sex with an animal, right? Or I'm not going to wear a mask, or I'm not going to social distance, or I'm not going to stay in my house. Mind your own damn business. Shut your mouth. I love my church friend. Oh, talking trash on Facebook. Shut your jack mouth. Shut, shut, shut your mouth. Who do you think you are? Why don't you just shut down Facebook? Come on over here and, and face up with me. Just come up here and face up. What do you think you're talking out there? You you got all these big, big talkers, all your big talkers out there, uh, you know, hiding behind Facebook and stuff. But what I realize is that a lot of people, what I think is the great thing about what's happening with this Corona is it showed that our country is ripe to be taken over and run. And our and why do you think you're going to have to do it militarily? No way. You don't need that. You just have to have these government government people just say, you know, we're not going to vote anymore. We're just going to make a decision up here. Who's taken over next? Would you even do anything? I guarantee you most people in this community right here in Yuba Sutter would not do a thing if the governor said, we're not going to have election on government anymore. I'm just going to pick the next guy and then, or the next lady, and we're just going to pick another guy, or we're going to let the legislature choose. Just go right off the reservation on the Constitution and just ignore the Constitution because this school system, this social school system, has not been teaching the Constitution for generations. And then when you stand up, I got people, all Christian people, oh, my God, Lou, you, you can't say that. You can't, you, you can't t- call the health director not a health director. I thought, honestly, that's you know, if I got somebody that's a health director telling me to do something that's going to kill me, is that a health director? People, you, if I'm driving down the street and you can't tell the difference between a cow and a horse, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I'm going to take a break. We're going to do a third section here. Hang in there. We've got a couple clips for you. Yeah. And I think that uh, on the whole, right now, you should have sheriffs throughout California who uh, do the same thing that say in my jurisdiction, we will not arrest people for these crimes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what your sheriff can do because your sheriff has taken an oath to support and defend the constitution of the United States. He is not a hireling of the state. He is not a hireling of your county or your city. And he has the authority to say, this is a violation of the rights of the people of my jurisdiction. And we will not enforce this law as a violation. It won't happen. The problem is, is that we have way too many sheriffs who are confused about their duty. And they think, well, we're just, I'm, you know, I, it's not my job to, de- to determine which laws to enforce or not. I just have to enforce the laws. The problem is that defense didn't work in Nuremberg. But we have sheriffs across America that are running around saying, I'm just here to f- enforce the law. When in reality, If they were to follow their conscience and follow the liberties of the people, they would be on solid ground throughout history. Can you imagine how different the civil rights movement would have looked if that sheriff, instead of arresting Rosa Parks, dragging her off the bus and arresting her, said, you know what, Miss Parks, this law that says that you have to sit in the back of the bus, that's not a good law. 
That is a law that violates the liberty of all mankind. And so what I'm going to do, Miss Parks, is I'm going to sit, you sit wherever you want on this bus. I'm going to sit right next to you and I'm going to escort you home because I will not enforce a law that violates the liberty of my people. How different would our civil rights movement be with real sheriffs standing for the liberties and the rights of the people as they've promised under oath? It was the author of the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson, who exhorted his country. The spirit of resistance to government is so valuable on certain occasions that I wish it to be always kept alive. It will often be exercised when wrong, but better so than not to be exercised at all. Referred to as the father of America, our first president, George Washington, reflected, The very idea of the power and the right of the people to establish government presupposes the duty of every individual to obey the established government. The phrase, new normal, injected so early and so often by medical experts and media and politicians, was a signal of underlying ulterior motives and should have alerted us all to the potential villainy that was developing. So many Americans have become infuriated when they consider that the continued lockdowns and the loss of livelihood and liberty may have been anticipated but serve no medical purpose. Rather, they seem designed to take advantage of the good nature and self-sacrificing predisposition of the American people. As our governors delay the restoration of economic and religious liberty and add more conditions, it's crucial to understand, regardless of whether the virus is fatal or phony, the lockdowns and shutdowns and mandates for social distancing and masks have no lawful basis. James Madison, father of the U.S. Constitution, declared, The powers of the federal government are enumerated. It can only operate in certain cases. It has legislative powers on defined and limited objects beyond which it cannot extend its jurisdiction. The widespread notion that governors have special emergency powers which can be invoked as an excuse to suspend the constitutional rights of the people is a hoax and a fraud. Such authority does not exist in any state that has been lawlessly locked down. It follows, therefore, that any phased-in, three-step, or regional plan for opening is not necessary, nor advised. Wouldn't that mean that any such plan for reopening is just as lawless as the lockdown? Wasn't it Founding Father John Adams, labeled the Colossus of Independence, who determined that there is danger from all men, the only maxim of a free government ought to be to trust no man living with power to endanger the public liberty? The new normal is just such danger. It is narcissistic, non-susceptive, nasty, nauseating, needless, negligent, nefarious, and it is certainly not necessary, not natural, and not normal by any stretch of the most ignorant imagination. Now, I realize this appears to disrespect some Americans who stand resolute and determined to willfully give up their own autonomy to the government. That is only because many Americans have not been taught to think American, and therefore they find the principles that support their liberties, peace, and prosperity odious. We would be wise to follow the words of Thomas Jefferson. I know no safe depository of the ultimate powers of society but the people themselves. And if we think them not enlightened enough to exercise their control with a wholesome discretion, the remedy is not to take it from them, but to inform their discretion by education. This is Jake McCauley. And Dominic McCauley. With the Institute on the Constitution, bringing you the American yep, View. This paddleboarder was arrested after refusing to get out of the water in Malibu. If you go out on the ocean, a 
across the USA And you're wearing a swim shirt Cause of your scrawny ways uh, it's for the sun. Well, you just might notice The police in your way I'm alone in the ocean Cause it's illegal to be surfing In the USA They're catching them at paddle In the USA You've been distancing for months now To keep the spread rate down The only places you've been going Are where there are no crowds You're making sacrifices For your community Now put your hands on your head Because you are serving just told me not to touch my face In the USA He's helping flatten So I got people, you know, these businesses that are requiring me to wear a mask. I'm not going to I'm not going to shop there no more. I'm not going to shop. I'm not going to stand in line like I did in Russia after the commune that the wall fell in Russia. We went over there to set up an operation. And, and now that Russia was free and you could get in. And we went down to get some food. We had a couple of Russian. We hired a couple of Russian uh, male and female to do computer work for us over there. And we're going to do some printing. And we were all staying together in this apartment. We rented to have an office. And there was no heat in the apartment. It was winter. That's just the way the Russians are, man. They run the heat from the central central something something, right? No heat. It was freezing. We slept, we slept in all our clothes with all the... <laughs> Everything we had in there, we we were covered with it, four of us. Went to the grocery store, and we all had to stand outside in line. And then you didn't get to go in the store. You didn't get a chance to steal tweakers. You stood outside, and you gave an employee a list of what you wanted, and then they scratched off what wasn't there, and then they just brought you out bread. There wasn't any selection. It's just bread. How about that? Noodles. A basic selection. Why? Because it's communism. The The store shelves are bare. I loved it when I went to the store during the first part of this virus because the store shelves were bare. And I thought, good for them. I hope people get used to it because this is what it's like in countries where, where it's really communist. It's socialist, it's like Venezuela, like Cuba. In fact, I just went to a funeral today and there was a bunch of team members that got back from Cuba. And they were talking about how difficult it was there. So we need to uh, we're going to need to we need to get a clue here. So it's the best of times and the worst of times. So the, the good thing about it is that people are realizing a lot of people are realizing they don't know jack diddly what's going on. And they got totally punked by the government. That's number one. Some people got it from the beginning. Some people got totally punked. Some people are clueless. 
And I don't think they're ever going to, they're, they're not going to get over it. They're clueless. But you don't need everybody to get a clue to, to change things. So there's a bunch of people that are protesting and they're not taking it no more. And that's a good thing. So the other thing that's happening that I think is a really a wonderful thing is that people are realizing they have no idea how this country is supposed to run. And they're just, people are telling them how it's supposed to run that have suits on and are going, that are in Congress or in the city council and stuff. And then you have an attorney sitting over there and he doesn't know what he's doing. These attorneys that represent like the city of Marysville, they're such a bunch of pussies. Uh, they, they just are worthless. I told one of the city council people the other day, I said, what you should have done, city council and the supervisor, instead of giving money out to five or six or seven businesses, is hire some attorneys and going down there and kick Newsom's butt and telling them to leave Yuba and Sutter County alone. We're going to court. Use some of our own tax money for that instead of paying these guys over here by the lake, Ellis Lake, $10,000 retainer. Let's, let's retain some people that actually got some mustard on they got some mustard on that hot dog. They can kick some rear. Let's go into court and, and file an injunction against the state of California. So tonight, before I started this show, this podcast, we had a Chris Ann Hall. You can look it up at chrisannhall.com, and she teaches on the Constitution, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E Hall, chrisannhall.com. And uh, she taught the pastors and the uh, politicians on what the Constitution actually says. Pretty simple stuff, but profound stuff, right? We should have got it in high school. I did. But uh, unless you were in my brain, unless you refresh that every couple months, it disappears. So chrisannhall.com, you can get started. She has online teaching. Uh, actually, you'll probably get a phone number and email and, and if you have, if you're in law enforcement or government, you have an inquiry about: Do you think this is right or that's right? She basically just hose down the entire takeover of our cities, of our businesses, of our homes, and the whole thing of putting muzzles on people is just the most crazy thing I've ever seen. The first time I ever saw people that all did the same thing was when I went to Beijing in 1990, smuggling Bibles, and everybody there rode a black bicycle, had blue pants, a blue coat, and a blue hat on. They called them Mao uniforms, men and women. And now we're starting to look like them running around town all wrapped up. Now, if you go to Asia any time of the year, if you go to Southeast Asia or go to Hong Kong or Shenzhen across the border and there's a million people pushed into those subway cars, Asians just wear masks. They're just, I don't, I don't know what, what it does to them in the long run. What doctors tell me is it's going to cut off your oxygen and fill you full of carbon dioxide and screw up your blood oxygen balance. But some of those Asians over there just wear those things. And, uh, but they're not being, most of the time they're not being forced to wear them. They just, they get in the habit of just, I guess they're germ phobias. Do you, you know, you remember Howard Hughes? Howard Hughes Air, Airline Company and and uh, aircraft, and uh, he was involved in Hollywood. That dude got so pho- phobia phobic of germs, uh, it screwed up his whole life and killed him eventually. So this is the best of times and the worst of times because people may be coming awake. 
Like Dave Bryan said the other day, there's a passage in Ephesians said, wake up, O sleeper, arise from the dead. He said, Jesus described sleeping, if you're intellectually sleeping, as being dead. He said, arise from the dead, you old sleeper, right? He wasn't talking about a dead person in a tomb. Some of us are just intellectually dead. We think, oh, it doesn't make any difference whether I know the Constitution. It really doesn't if you don't care whether you have any freedom or not. But our our freedom is something you have to fight for because somebody's always wanted to, wanted to take it from you. It's kind of like if I leave something out of my front porch here in Marysville, somebody's going to take it from my front porch. I can't leave things on my front porch. A tweaker will take it, even used shoes. I used to leave my shoes. I'd go Asian in my house, drop my shoes at the front door, come in my bare feet or stocking feet. Then they stole all my used shoes. I thought, that's a bad idea. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to enter the house in a different way. These are the best of days and the worst of days. I'm telling you, if you don't do something, if you just think, oh, I wish somebody would do something, or you think, oh, I wish it would be different, you're screwed. This is uh, this Saturday, this weekend is Memorial Day, and I, I'm going to, you know, I have people that know I do a podcast, so they st- send me stuff that they think might be helpful. They think I need some help. And actually, I do need some help. So I'm very grateful for it. Any any People will send me an article or email me or do something. And uh, this was put together by Dave Bryan, who pastors the Church of Glad Tidings in Yuba City. And it's, uh, it's called Memorial Day Thoughts. And I want to honor those that have given the have given their lives for us. Or they have... Uh, I'm going to include even in this those that have been severely wounded. And uh, I saw a guy at the state capitol the other day. We were protesting. He was obviously looked like a veteran and, and had different kind of the what he was wearing looked like veteran-oriented clothing. And he had a lot of severe scars on him and uh, probably was injured uh, in conflict. So at, in in the spirit and in remembrance of all these people, I want to to cover some things here. Dave Bryan listed, he said, Memorial Day thoughts. He said, why we observe, he said, Romans 13, 7. If you're new to the Bible, that's a book of the Bible. 13, 7 just means chapter and verse. 13, chapter, 7, verse. If that's new to you, it was new to me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have brought it up back in the day. I had no idea what that meant. So it says, render honor to whom honor is due. We need to honor all our people in the military, whether they're living or dead, particularly now at memorial means we we honor the dead. And uh, so he said, render honor to whom honor is due. That's what Paul the Apostle wrote. John fifteen thirteen. greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life, or it means mankind, lay down his life for his friends. Psalm 144, first verse, Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Um, You think, oh, that's in the Bible? Yeah, let me say it one more time. Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teaches my hands to war, my fingers to fight. Why would that need to be in there? Because we live in a sinful world. And until Jesus returns, we need to keep a lid on this thing. And there's some people that want to kill other people just because they're different than them. And when I say that, I think like of things like genocide, where you decide an ethnic group 
deserves to die like the Jews or the Tutus or the Hootsies of Rwanda. Or you can just go on and on and on and on and on and just pick a group. Dave writes, those willing to serve and fight are called by God and equipped by God to do so. They are blessed. They are blessing to all for whom they have sacrificed. Memorial Day honors those who died while in military service. Now, let me give you just a, for those who just think, I really don't want to get involved. Let me just give you a sense of however you got here today. I'm assuming you're born of a woman and you're not just a demon taken on flesh. If you're born of a woman, uh, then you need to listen to this. Because if you ended up landing in the United States by birth, or you're an, you became a citizen because you loved the place and you wanted to come here, you need to know this. 43 million people have served in the military. 18 million veterans still alive. And today we honor 1.2 million who paid the ultimate sacrifice. That's a common phrase used that they, they got killed either in combat or some sort of service keeping us free. Now, if you think for a minute that we can do this without a strong military, you, you know, sometimes you just got to, you've just taken a stupid pill or you've just been smoking weed too much or just you just got out of high school and thought you just get stay loaded all the time and you don't really need to know anything. Nobody is paying a bonus for stupidity. We honor them. Uh, Dave says we honor them by having an increased devotion to the cause for which they died. I want you to think about this. What cause what would cause people to do this? Chris Ann Hall and her husband both are have served in the military. They were both there tonight speaking. They're going to speak there tomorrow night, which is Friday night, which is, is it's going to be before this is going to play. <clears throat> so, but they're both military veterans. They're both patriots and they both love the constitution and know about the constitution. So Dave says, what honor we honor them by having an increased devotion. So you can't really honor somebody until you appreciate what they did. what they did and how it relates to you. So he said, what's the cause? He said, for what did they give the last full measure of devotion for the cause? He says is Liberty American values and the U S constitution our freedom of religion, speech, assembly, due process under the law, freedom to travel, protest, simply to live free. All of it would be just words on paper without the blood and sacrifice of those we honor today, Memorial Day weekend. It ain't just about throwing some dogs or steaks on the grill, folks. In fact, you might just say a prayer for the families who have lost those people. I was thinking today we got a, a, one of the tip volunteers, Andy Sneller. He spent 31 years, I think, with uh, the, uh, the Forest Service. Now they call it Cal Fire. And... Uh, when I first saw his last name, when he came into trauma intervention, uh, Sneller is a, is not a, a name you hear everywhere. And I, I thought, oh, Andy's a lot younger than me, but I went to school with the Sneller at Marysville High School. His name was Steve Sneller. And we were in high school together. We graduated together. And within a few months, he was dead. He was killed in Vietnam. So 
maybe you, if you're a praying person, you should pray for the family members of those who have lost folks. Uh, in fact, I was talking to a guy on the phone uh, in uh, Raleigh, Durham, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. And I've done billboard business uh, with these guys. They make posters that go on these billboards. And he said to me, he said, Lou, I'm getting ready. I was asking him for help on a project. He said, Lou, I'm getting ready to retire. He said, we worked together for 30 years now or something. And I said, oh, how old are you? And he said, he told me his age and he's a year younger than me. And he said, yeah, he said, I, I went to, a, he said, I was in the Navy during Vietnam. And I said, oh, I said, I will hook you up uh, with some friends of mine. Uh, if you're going to retire, take a trip to Vietnam and I'll show you a good time over there. I'll just, I'll link you up. I don't need to go. I just need to link you up with all the people that will take care of you. And he said, oh, my wife could never go because her brother was killed as a medic in Vietnam. People, th this couple is is retirement age, right? But still the loss of a brother during the Vietnam War has impacted her life even as a uh, older woman now. But I understood what he was saying because my friends over there, their loved ones have also died in that war, whether they died for the North or the South. So Dave says here, uh, it's just words on paper without the sacrifice of those we honor today. Just as faith without works is dead, it says that in the book of James, so too is honoring the fallen without action. Therefore, we owe it to them on our watch. Our watch is your life to live out the very freedom for which they were willing to die. In other words, live free and stand up for freedom, fight for freedom. What good is the freedom of religion if we are not living out our faith? What good is freedom of assembly if we forsake the gathering together of the saints? Now is the time for an increased devotion to the cause for which they died. Now is the time to live out the freedoms they protected for us. It is now our turn to accept the touch of freedom and do our part or the torch of freedom to do our part to preserve it for future generations. Think about that. If you had a father or an uncle or a grandpa that died in the military, served in the military, and they're now dead, and now you surrender everything they fought for, what's that say about you? What's that say about us? On May 12, 1803, the Reverend Matthias Burnett preached a sermon on Psalm 11, verse 3. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And he said these words that ring as true for us today as ever. Let me read you his next quote. To God and posterity, he says, you are accountable for your rights and your rulers. If somebody rules over them, you have a responsibility to rem remove them. You are accountable for your rights and your rulers. Let not your children have reason to curse you for giving up those rights and prostrating those institutions which your fathers delivered to you. Watch over your liberties and privileges, civil and religious, with a careful eye. I need to read that to you once more. This is by a man named Matthias Burnett. To God and posterity, you, 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 you are accountable for your rights and your rulers. 
Oh, I don't like the vote. Oh, I don't want to go to the city council meeting. Oh, I don't want to protest. You're living in the wrong country. You need to go to a socialist country where they'll just come and wipe your ass for you. Let not your children have reason to curse you. Your children could curse you. Why did they didn't do anything? How come they didn't do anything? They have a right to ask that. Let not your children have reason to curse you for giving up those rights and prostrating those institutions which your fathers delivered to you. Look at the institutions we are delivering to our kids. They're sick. If I had a child today, I would not let them cross the threshold of a public school. God strike me dead. I would not have them in a public school. Am I saying all teachers are bad? Come on. Don't be stupid. There's some really great teachers. It's what they're teaching and not teaching. Most of what's taught in school is a waste of time. They're not teaching good English language. People can't even read. They don't teach any of the Constitution. They're dumbing down the population. It's a planned effect. Does, do I think, oh, the teachers have an agenda? No, no, no. It's a lot up farther above the teachers. They're just simply little players or factory workers in the system. I would not put my kids in public school today. You're crazy. If you're having a, starting a family, you need to really work on homeschooling your kids. I'm telling you, you did, you don't, you have no excuse. Oh, well, everybody, all my friends. Are, honestly, there's nothing to talk about here. Let not your children have reason to curse you for giving up those rights and prostrating those institutions which your fathers delivered to you, watch over your liberties and privileges, civil and religious, with a careful eye. As as the motto for the Air Force once said, maybe they don't use it. I don't know whether they still use it. In God we trust all others. We monitor another phrase, whatever you expect, inspect. Chris Ann Hall said tonight, when you're not looking, government is doing something unconstitutional and a problem for you. We'll be right back and we have a fourth segment coming up here in a minute. COVID truths, frauds, and tyrants. First, the truths. Now, I told you about seven weeks ago that hydroxychloroquine was likely saving lives. And now another study confirms that conclusion. And it was conducted by NYU's Grossman School of Medicine, where researchers looked at 932 COVID patients who were on hydroxychloroquine along with zinc and azithromycin. They concluded that the triple combo that they, well, with that, they were 44% less likely to die from the coronavirus. Good news. Take that, FDA. Second piece of good news. The two states that opened up first, Florida and Georgia, both are continuing to see declines in COVID infections. Well, shocking to liberal haters, but not to you, because we told you that the virus was probably weakening and that people would innovate to stay safe. And now on to the frauds. Let's start with Pennsylvania Health Secretary Rachel Levine, who weeks ago ordered nursing homes to admit COVID-positive patients. 
Well, while thousands of residents saw their loved ones and family members die, Levine quietly extracted her own mother out of harm's way, reportedly moving her from a nursing home to a hotel. My mother requested, and my sister and I, as her children, complied to move her to another location during the COVID-19 outbreak. My mother is 95 years old. She is very intelligent and more than competent to make her own decisions. I'd rather have her mother be health secretary of Pennsylvania, frankly. Well, once again, it's liberals like uh, Levine and her boss. It's, you know, it's good for thee. Same old hypocrisy. The rules are for thee, but not for me. While the little people have to suffer under their bad decisions, the connected and the powerful always have an escape hatch. And that's what happened there. And since we're on the fraud patrol, we have to point out Illinois' own state health director, who at a recent press conference just casually admitted this. If you were in hospice and had already been given, you know, a few weeks to live, and then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. Even if you died of a clear alternate cause, but you had COVID at the same time, it's still listed as a COVID death. Well, <laughs> okay. The CDC, the state health offices in these blue states, no wonder the president doesn't trust their numbers. And by the way, whatever happened to one of the worst flu seasons on record, why are those numbers not tabulated and actually segregated out, so not lumped in altogether in some cases with the COVID deaths? Hmm. And that brings us to our tyrants. And for this category, we stay in Illinois because billionaire Governor J.B. Pritzker apparently thinks that he can save the people of his state by threatening them, especially in counties that decide to go their own way and get back to work. The state already provides a lot of support for cities and counties. Uh, and so I would just suggest that there are a number of enforcement mechanisms that are available to us, uh, and I don't want to utilize those. Oh, I'm sure he doesn't. Maybe Pritzker will invite all the unemployed in his state to live in his new $50 million Caribbean getaway. Hmm, I'll wait for that. But what would a rundown of, let's say, uh, gubernatorial tyrants be? Where would they be without Washington State's Jay Inslee? He's decided to take cues from China by empowering an army of government contact tracers to monitor you. I mean, assist you if you get sick. And if you resist... Don't worry, the government will make sure you have zero reasons to leave home. If they can't get a friend to do their grocery shopping, uh, we will help get them groceries in some fashion. If they need pharmaceuticals to be picked up, we can help make sure that they get their pharmaceuticals. Isn't that reassuring? And finally, we save the least appealing for last. Michigan's Gretchen Whitless Whitmer. How to persuade your students to support this economy-crushing shutdown? Attack their First Amendment rights and call them bigots. Certainly not an exercise of, of democratic principles where we have free speech. This is calls to violence. This is uh, racist and misogynistic. These protests, um, it, you know, in a in a perverse way, make it likelier that we're going to have to stay in a stay-home posture. Now, aren't you just clamoring to have her a heartbeat away from the presidency? Or maybe as your attorney general, won't that be a fun world to live in? Now, any of these blue state control freaks, well, all of them, they need to keep 
away from our children and away from our businesses. Heck, I don't want them near my dogs at this point, given what they've been saying and doing. It's long past time for this shutdown to end, period. out to those that have had family members that have died. I've been up to the Hanoi Hilton a number of times. It was a, if you're recently born, it was a a prison in Hanoi, Vietnam, right in the center of town. Now they've preserved a part of it next, and then they've cut off the rest of it and they've developed a hotel next to it. But they used to call it the Hanoi Hilton after the Hilton Hotel. And uh, I've been there many times, and I've, it's, it's well done. It's, a, it's, a, it's actually the inside of the prison, and it shows photographs of those who were incarcerated there, many famous Americans, well-known you'd recognize the names. I don't want to spend time on it now, but you can flip through the book and see the, what they look like. They took photos of them there, incarcerated. Many died there. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's sobering. And I just want to say to all the people that, uh, might have a chance to listen to this podcast that if you have dads or moms or aunts and uncles, grandpa and grandmas that died during the war, uh, or any kind of conflict defending this country, even if you were on maneuvers and wasn't in in an armed conflict, but you were in a place of taking care of the country. I uh, I want to extend my sympathies, personal sympathies, and I appreciate that what you did to give me freedom that I can sit in my house here tonight and do this broadcast without people coming in and putting guns at me and trying to get into it. I want to read, you know, a lot of times we use these terms like communism, all the isms. Republicanism, socialism, communism. We just don't teach this stuff anymore. Or we teach a twisted view of it. So whenever I see something come across on social media or see something in somewhere I pick up, I, I think, oh, that's it helps people get their brain wrapped around it, right? Sometimes it takes a story, and this is a story. It's about socialism. And it talks about the time that a professor... Uh, our teacher failed the entire class. And it says, uh, I took economics in college. I really liked it. I really enjoyed economics. In fact, every once in a while, I'll read a book on economics. Uh, It's kind of like sociology with money involved. It's kind of like how things work. I always like to, I don't know, I just have inquisitive nature. So it says an economics professor. In fact, at Sac State, when I took economics, Back then, teachers smoked in the classroom. I know, I know that like blows your hair, hair back. But in high school, you had to go out. They had smoking zones where you could go off kind of on the edge of campus and smoke. Teachers couldn't smoke uh, in the classroom. I think they probably smoked in their own teachers' rooms. But in college, professors smoked in the classroom at Sac State. 
I think it's hilarious how things have changed. An economics professor at a local college made a statement that she had never failed a single student before, but had recently failed an entirely entire class. That class had insisted that socialism worked and that no one would be poor and no one would be rich in a socialist country. It would be a great equalizer. The professor then said, okay, we will do an experiment in this class regarding that socialism plan. All grades will be averaged and everyone will receive the same grade. So no one will fail and no one will receive an A. Substituting grades for dollars, something closer to home and more readily understood by all. In other words, she's just saying, hey, you can guys can relate to grades. Socialism really deals with the monetary system and who owns stuff. But let's just use your grades and we'll just uh, see whether you like socialism. At the first test, the grades were average and the ab- everyone got a B. The students who studied really hard were upset and the students who studied a little bit were really happy. As the second test rolled around, the students who studied little had studied even less, and the ones who had studied really hard to studied decided they thought, oh, I'll take a free ride too, so they studied a little less. The second test, instead of getting a B average, the average of all the students was D. No one was happy. And so they tried the third test. And on the third test, the average was an F. As the test proceeded, the scores never increased as bickering, blame, and name-calling all resulted in hard feelings, and no one would study for the benefit of anyone else. To their great surprise, all failed, and the professor told them that socialism would also ultimately fail because when the reward is great— The effort to succeed is great. But when government takes all the reward away, no one will try or want to succeed. There are possibly the five, these are the, the next sentences are probably the five best sentences you'll ever read and all applicable to this experiment. Number one, you cannot legislate the poor into prosperity by legislating the wealthy out of prosperity. Number two, what one person receives without working for it, another person must work for without receiving it. Number three, the government cannot give to anybody anything that the government does not first take from someone else. Number four, You cannot multiply wealth by dividing it. Number five, when half of the people get the idea that they do not have to work because the other half is going to take care of them, and when the other half gets the idea that it does no good to work because somebody else is going to get what they work for, that is the beginning of the end of any nation. And when Charles Dickens says this is the best of times and the worst of times, we're at the precipice that number five is right talking about. 
when half the nation has figured out they don't have to do anything and they're just going to get a check. And the other half the nation is starting to think, you know something? I'm not going to do that no more. The nation will end. And that's where we are. And whether or not we change anything or not is, isn't up to me sitting here in the middle of the night drinking my tea and looking at my monitor and seeing how much time I have in this little segment. I need to get my butt down to a protest, and I need to make some ways. I need to get some wood on the ball if I'm going to change this country around at all for my little grandsons uh, and granddaughter because they don't know jack about what's going on. They are youngsters, and all they are, they're just living the good life. They don't have any idea what's going to come their way. So our choice is, are we going to get back to what made this country great? Or are you just going to write on mom and daddy's laurels or grandpa and grand, grand, grandma's laurels? I, uh, I'm going to see whether I need to do this. This one lady writes, this whole lockdown has become ridiculous for the elderly like me. Stay the hell home if you're afraid. If you're immune compromised, stay the hell home. For the rest of you, for the love of God, stop being wimps. This is an elderly woman. California was built by people who were brave enough to cross a continent and those who left their native homes in order to have a better life. My grandmother was one of those people. Sadly, I left in 2011 because of the taxes and the politics, but I'm old and tired of fighting the injustices. Take back your damn state. It's beautiful. Stop voting for and allowing people to shame you because you want to be free. This is still America in all caps. Wake the hell up. I think it's time for Americans to stop hiding for fear of being shamed by the lily liberal left. This shutdown has completely opened my eyes. Thank you, Jesus. It's time for all Americans to start thinking for themselves again. Be bold. Watch Fox News. Then take your remote, click it to CNN. Do this for several days. Mix it up. Look at all the other channels. Repeat it again for several days. Make up your own mind. I guarantee that before long you'll stop sliding down the socialist slope and start remembering your childhood and your youth. Unless you didn't get taught right in your childhood and youth, and then you're screwed. That's my interpretation. She says, that was a time when children could play outside, ride their bikes, a time when you didn't feel the government was looking down your shirt and worse, having your neighbors do the same. This lockdown has done the opposite for old hippies like me. This guy, I guess, an old hippie. All this social crap isn't free. It comes with a big price. Big government is now your parent. Lock in, stay quiet, and remember to wash your hands. How stupid. You know, something I was talking a while back, and I was talking about the fact that why are we paying public information officers 150000 125000 95000 a year 
and they tell me to wear a hat. It's going to be 90 this weekend. Wear a hat. Drink plenty of water. Wear my coat if it's cold out. Wear a condom. Why don't you just give that money to, back to the taxpayer and go do something profitable? Do something that actually helps the community instead of telling me to wear a condom or something. Holy smokes. This is a, this is a medical doctor. This doctor says, I just flew into Chicago for the first time ever in over 10 million air miles over a 45-year career, and I had to wear a face mask. Within 30 minutes in the air, my blood oxygen went from 98% to 91%, and I suffered a QT elongation of the heart valves. Holy mackerel, I have no idea even what that is. Sounds bad, right? Heart valves, that's not a good thing. I remember when the heart doc, my heart doctor, I don't have a heart problem. I had to go in and get a checkup to get a tune-up on my shoulder. And he says, your heart, everything looks pretty good. And I, he said, tell me about your life. What do you drink? What do you do? That, you know, you smoke weed. What do you do? And I said, uh, I, said I eat pretty good. I, I, eat, I drink a lot of energy drinks. And he said, promise me, promise me something. I said, okay, doc, if it's going to be better for me, I'll do it. He said, don't ever drink one of those again. He said, you're going to have a heart attack. You drink those. So this says the elongation of the heart valves. That sounds bad to me, right? I don't want to have to somebody going in and fussing with my, my motor in my chest. So this doctor says men and women in my age group suffer strokes, embolisms, and heart attacks from that kind of thing. I let the crew on the plane know that this new policy of doing ter- is doing t- terrible damage to passengers. Hypoxia, H-Y-P-O-X-I-A, is not good for anyone. It may not kill you today, but enough of it, and you'll have acidosis and all the problems that come from extended hypoxia. By definition, anything less than 98% oxygen, blood oxygen mix, is called hypoxia. The virus does a similar thing. So if passengers get exposed to the virus after a flight at 35,000 feet, wearing a face mask, they risk they may risk going into pneumonia very quickly. I advise all of you take an oximeter. I've never even heard of an oximeter. I'm going to look one up, see if I can get one. I don't even know if they're millions of dollars. I don't know what they cost. An oximeter, O-X-I-M-E-T-E-R, oximeter, oximeter. I advise all of you to take an oximeter on the plane with you and see how it affects you and let the airline know they will get that will get their attention far more than anything else we can do. Bad public health policy. I just heard where American Airlines, a couple other airlines, you can't even get on their plane unless you put on a damn mask. I just think they're all robots. They're government robots. And some idiot that's pushing paper in some of our big buildings is telling them it's got to be this way or they're going to shut them down. I just, it makes me sick. It makes me sick. So uh, anyway, I better, uh, I want to give a shout out to some of my friends and, um, 
that helped me. And uh, before we get too far along the show and I get wound up and then all of a sudden I think I'm not I'm not giving them just due for the help they give me. So I was uh, I'm sitting here tonight. Every time I come in this room, I think of green it's construction because Dave, uh, when I, I I had this uh, uh, this whole complex here, this equipment to do this podcast upstairs in my house and I don't have proper air conditioning up there. And in this time of year, it gets toasty up there and it isn't good for the equipment. So I moved it all downstairs into a cool corner. And uh, and so Dave said, hey, I can put a light in there that has a that has a fan on it and it won't make the fan. I can't have the fan make a noise like like I have a have to quiet fan. So every time I come in here and it was toasty in here tonight because it's stuffy, the fan just got it. It's just beautiful in here. It's cool. It's just beautiful. And the front door I came through tonight, the handle had broke on it because it was, it's a 1937 house. And like me, it's just, it's older than me. So I break and it breaks and we need, both of us need tune-ups. So Dave came over and put me a, a, he preserved this cool looking front door I have because I didn't want to replace the door because it's, it's like the original door on the house. It's cool door. And so we put a fitting antique looking or antique handle, a new handle. Had to redo it. He rebuilt that deal. So just one thing after another, Mr. Green, it keeps my, uh, my uh, life together, right? And so uh, I want to talk to him about him because he helps me here, and you can check it out. In fact, I, I went to a funeral today of a good friend of mine, and uh, I ran into this guy who I thought lived in Las Vegas, but he actually lives in – he used to live here, and he lives in Salt Lake City now. And he said, no, Lou, I just went over to Las Vegas to help Dave do a special project over there, construction remodel. And I can't even remember what they built. I remember seeing the video – the uh, the photos on it, but – they did a usually Dave Greenwich just does projects in Northern California, Yuba Sutter counties, but they did a project in Las Vegas. Amazing. So this guy went over and coordinated it. Anyway, uh, Greenwich Construction, they do some amazing kitchens and baths. In fact, today at the funeral, one of the guys directing traffic was the guy who does the subcontract painting, Greg Davy. And he was, uh, we're all friends with the, the, uh, of the family that uh, lost their mom and wife. And we've all done construction all over the world together uh, for missions. And uh, so Greenwich Construction, uh, if you're going to spend a lot of money to fix up your house, like redo your bathroom, your kitchen, uh, you don't want to guess on the thing, right? I hate, I like to, I don't mind paying extra money to get the best. Whether if I'm going to get somebody to redo my back or put a new knee I, I want it done right first time. Boom. It's over. It's done. It's beautiful, right? Somebody asked me today, oh, did you get a new knee or something? I said, yeah, it's better than from the factory, man. It's unbelievable. I just can't do contact sports anymore. That's all I can't do, but I can do everything else. Anyway, Greenwich Construction, if you want like if you want a kitchen to just blow your socks off and people come in and think, jeez, this is amazing. Or if you, the only problem with the bathrooms is you can't, you get people to go to the bathroom, then they don't want to come out. They just want to hang out in there. That's a problem. But Greenwich Construction can do your remodels for you. And the other thing is PG&E rates are going to double Pacific Gas and Electric. So some of you that are listening in other states, it isn't a factor for you. 
In fact, some of you got your gas down to probably below a dollar a gallon right now. So Greenwich Construction can put you in a whole house fan, and that does, this doesn't improve the beauty of your house. It just saves your bill, your power bill drop in half because it'll suck all the hot air out of your attic. The other thing he can build you is a cool deck. In California, one of the things is during the summer, we spend a lot of time outdoors because it's just cooler out there. Instead of in the house, you have a little shade area in the back, barbecue. Spend a lot of time out on the water, so build yourself a deck. So he can help you on all that stuff, greenitzconstruction.com, or you can go to Dave Greenitz's Facebook page, Dave Greenitz Construction. You can dial him up, and when you dial him, you get him. You get Dave Greenitz. You don't get like Joe Smo for Dave Greenitz or Jose Flores for Dave Greenitz. You get Dave Greenitz. 682-9602-530 area code. 682-9602-530 area code. I'm going to take another break. Then I'm going to come back and talk about a couple other people, and then we'll get back into business here. Be right back. Unsure what the balance held. I touched my belly overwhelmed by what I had been chosen to perform. But then an angel came one day, told me to kneel down and pray for unto me a man shall. Yeah, I really don't understand why everybody isn't following the same rules right now. They're very clear. So let's take a minute and let's go over them again. First, you must not leave the house for any reason. Unless, of course, you have a reason, and then you may leave the house. All stores are closed except those that are open. And all stores must close unless, of course, they need to stay open. This virus is deadly, but don't be afraid of it. It can only kill people who are vulnerable and also those who are not vulnerable. We should stay locked down until the virus stops infecting people. And it will only stop infecting people if enough of us get infected that we build immunity. So it is very important that we get infected and also do not get infected. You should not go to the doctor's office or the hospital unless you have to go there. Unless, of course, you are too sick to go there. This virus has no effect on children except for those children in which it affects. The virus remains active on different surfaces surfaces for two hours or four hours or six hours, but in most cases it's days and not hours and it needs a damp environment or a cold environment that is warm and dry in the air unless the air is plastic. Schools are closed, so you need to homeschool your children unless you can send them to school because you are not home. If you are at home, you can school your children using various portals and online classrooms unless you have poor internet, more than one child, only one computer, or you are working from home. Baking cakes can be considered math, science, or art. If you are home educating, you can include household chores within their education curriculum. And if you are home educating, you may start drinking at approximately 10 a.m. every day. If you are not home educating children, you may also start drinking at approximately 10 a.m. Masks are useless at protecting you against the virus but you still need to wear one because it can save lives. And in some cases it may even be mandatory, but also maybe not. You must not go to work, but you can get another job at which point you may go to work. Stay home. I don't know how many more celebrities we need to have tell you how important it is to go outside and take care of your mental health. There is no shortage of groceries in the supermarket. There are simply many things missing. You don't need to go buy a bunch of toilet paper, but you should buy some in case you need it. If you are sick, you may go out once you are better, but those in your household, they cannot go out once you are better, unless of course they need to go out. Animals are not affected by the virus, except for that cat that tested positive in Belgium in February, 
plus a couple tigers. The number of corona-related deaths will be announced daily, but we don't know how many people are infected because we were only testing those who are almost dead to determine if that's what they will die of. The people who die of corona who are not counted won't or will be counted, but maybe not. To help protect yourself during these times, you should be eating well and exercising, but exercising only eating what you have at home to avoid going to the stores unless you need toilet paper or a fence panel. It's important to get fresh air, but don't go to parks, but do go walk in other places. Just don't sit down unless you are old or pregnant. But if you do sit down, don't sit for too long unless you are old and you are pregnant, in which case you need to sit down. But if you do sit down, don't eat unless you've had a long walk, which you are allowed to do if you are old or pregnant, except for times in which you aren't. Don't visit old people but you have a moral obligation to take care of old people and bring them food and medicine. And finally, no businesses will go down due to coronavirus, except those businesses that go down due to COVID-19. I hope this cleared up any questions about what we should and should not be doing during this time. Please educate your friends and family with this information so we can remove any and all confusion surrounding this time. Thank you. Here's my message for all of the people who are going to the red states from the blue states. I totally understand why you're doing that because your mayors and your governors are are loony and they want to control your lives and they don't care about your livelihoods. They aren't abiding by their own rules. They are probably still going to get their hair cut. They're probably still getting Botox. They're probably still getting their lip injections. They're probably still getting their nails done and their shoes shined. And they're probably still working out and doing all of the things that they tell you that you can't do because they don't care about you and you're seeing the corruption and you're seeing their desire to take control of your lives. They're seeing that because they want to defeat Donald Trump in November, they want the economy to be as bad as possible for as long as possible. You're seeing all of that and you want to move to a red state. Thank you for realizing that. I am so glad that you realize that if you're on the Democratic side of the aisle, maybe you're realizing that for the first time and you're waking up. Amen. Praise God. Understand that if you go from a blue state to a red state and you continue to vote blue, your problems are going to follow you. Your problems will follow you wherever you go because Democrats in Texas are the same as Democrats in California. They all want the same thing. They all want bigger government. They don't care what it does to small business. They don't care what it does to morale. They, doesn't, if they don't care if we can afford it or not. Democrats in Texas, Democrats in Arizona, Democrats in Florida, Democrats in predominantly red states are the same as Democrats in New York for the most part and Democrats in California and they will bring the state that you are moving to for reprieve from the leftist policies, they will move these predominantly red states in the same direction as the blue states that you are leaving. So if you are coming to a red state, if you're going to a red state from a blue state, leave the blue policies behind, okay? And I understand if you're a Democrat who has taken another look at the Democratic Party and you're like, okay, don't like what Democrats are doing. Maybe it'll be different. Maybe it'll be different in taxes if I vote Democrat. You're fooling yourself because Democrats are pretty much the same everywhere, especially in certain parts of these red states. Like if you go from LA to Austin, you're going to find the same Democratic radicals in Austin that you could find in San Francisco or LA. Um, but you also have to keep in mind that the Republican Party, and I'm not even saying that you have to vote Republican, but the Republican Party is not Donald Trump. So if you are in Texas and you are voting in November, you don't, 
voting for a Republican because you don't like leftist policies does not mean that you have to love Donald Trump. And if you are someone who's like, okay, I don't want to vote Democrat, but I'm scared to vote Republican because of, you know, social issues or whatever, look, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. First of all, most Republicans, believe it or not, don't actually care about the social issues that, for example, I do. Like, I'm a social conservative. A lot of Republicans out there don't care as much about the social issues as you think they do. They don't represent the Hollywood caricature of Republicans as these, they picture them as, or they depict them as these backwoods, hillbilly conservatives, which maybe you think that I am, but most Republicans aren't like that. And if you're someone who's like, I can't vote Republican because I'm pro-choice and the Republican Party is pro-life, okay, like if sacrificing babies is more important to you than personal liberty and people not losing their livelihoods, then maybe you should just stay where you are. Like if you love living under leftist policies, or if democratic policies are more favorable to you, than Republican policies, then you should stay in your Democratic states because you are living under those policies right now. The other guy I was talking to this week that helps me stay on the uh, air with air quotes around it podcast is Monty Hecker with Elite Universal Security. And Monty and I have worked on a lot of political projects together. We worked on the failed recall of Gavin Newsom. Uh, We worked hard on it. It wasn't because of our efforts that it failed. Poor leadership got that doomed, but... There's a new recall starting now, but Monty is a veteran, uh, military veteran, uh, disabled, and started himself a security business many, many years ago. I heard about him for years before I actually got to work with him and met him, and we, we worked on a political project together, and I got to like him. And I was doing a radio show, and um, but we became friends. And then he decided he wanted to help me on my radio show. So he's had a very successful business for many decades, and he's working in Northern California. And he's got jobs. If you want to go to work, he's got jobs all the way from below Sacramento all the way into Oregon uh, up through Northern California. So Elite Universal Security, they protect businesses, homes, government. They, They work with everybody. Uh, they're, they're the guys that you see these people checking you going into the courthouse, some of the courthouses. Sometimes they're just doing citizen, you know, patrols who uh, residential areas or they're doing people uh, that are guards, semi-type guards in, in complexes, business complexes, keeping people from harassing people. So uh, they also do some, uh, if you think, well, I'd like to be a guard, but I don't have any experience. You know, people say that, oh, I'd like to do that, but I don't have any experience. How do you start? They train you, and they'll they'll train you at their offices. They have classrooms there, or 
uh, they can do some online classes. So maybe it's you're checking it out because maybe you think you might go into law enforcement. All these things can contribute to going into law enforcement. So uh, they also, if you want to, you know, per, for me, I'm not going to go get a permit to have a gun because I don't think you, it's against the Constitution. So, uh, but some people want to pack a concealed weapon and they, uh, so they feel they, they need to go get that permit. And so Monty Hecker does the training for that and the range training and the in-class training. So you can actually go and say, yeah, I completed the course, sheriff. So can I have a permit? And then you pay them all the money. And then, then you have this little piece of paper. You can carry a gun without letting people see it in a holster on, under your shirt or something in case you need to use it. So they do that. So you can call them up and uh, at 530-749-0280, 530-749-0280. They're right here in Yuba County, Northern California at 5548 Feather River Boulevard. Okay, and uh, they're on the Internet, EliteUniversalSecurity.com or APIAcademy.com. All right, and um, I'm going to save the plumbing people a little bit later, but we'll get back to business here and what we were talking about. And uh, let me get to the right page I was on. I want to just mention, let's see, what do I want to do first? Uh, Okay. Um, we have, uh, you, by the time you hear this, we will have been down to the state Capitol protesting. This will be the fourth event at the state Capitol, I believe in six or seven weeks. The first time, first one we did, uh, they have a rule at the state Capitol that's unconstitutional, but most of everything they're doing at the state Capitol is not constitutional. The governor has run amok. The, the head of the highway patrol, the state director of the highway patrol, is the one who, uh, in other words, if you, I don't know if you've ever been to the capitals, right in the center of the city, downtown. You can't miss it. It'll show up when you're coming in on the freeway. But it, it's like two or three blocks. Uh, it takes up two or three blocks downtown, right? So there's lots of grass, lots of beautiful trees, rose gardens. It's beautiful. And so people meander through there. It's it's open. There's no fences around it. People meander through there. You can go sit and have your lunch if you're working in the city. And uh, there's you don't have to ask permission. You don't have to pay any money. Just you can. It's just open. And so, uh, but what they're saying now is that if you want to if you want to gather or assemble a group there, you have to have a permit. To assemble, whereas the Constitution says we have the right to assemble to address. Uh, redresses uh, to express our grievances with the government. It's a constitutional right. In other words, you just don't have to get together. You don't have permission to get together. Um, you, you know, they could say, well, as long as you agree with the governor, you don't need our permission. You can come and have placards and say, we love you, Gavin, all that stuff. But what they're saying is if you you have to get a permit from us, and if you're going to protest against the government, then we're not going to give you a permit, Right. That's what they're saying. So the last three events we've had, uh, we're going to have one. Uh, yeah, the last three out of four, no permits because it's it's uh, we don't need a permit, but the government says we do. So they've been shoving us off the property, 
And now they fence in the property. They put up a temporary fence to block us off the property because it's now a fight over whose turf it is. Who owns this? Is it Newsom? Is it Newsom's property? Who who owns that property down there? Or is it the people of the state of California's property? And so the 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 our Constitution says we have a right to freely assemble, not just when we agree. It's specifically when we disagree. Right now, we don't have a right to go down there and break windows or light the place on fire or trash the hurt things, deface things. Right. In fact, every, the, one of the interesting things is everything I've gone to down there, all the there's never any litter. It's all picked up. It, it's pretty cool because they're good people that are going down there. So uh, so what's what's happening now is the the governor has run. Uh, he's just making up his own rules now. He does not follow the Constitution. He just does these decrees like a dictator or a monarch. Right. Or a king. Right. So recently, uh, I think I may have talked about this last week. He decided without ever going through the uh, the uh, assembly or the Senate where they normally go to get requests to purchase things. The government just can't go out and purchase stuff. They you know, the the assembly puts together a budget and they all vote on it. And then if they want to change that, they have to get permission to go. They need to go through the, the same process. So Gavin Newsom, out of the blue, just says he he, he uh, establishes this deal to buy a, a billion, a billion dollars, not a billion masks, a billion dollars worth of masks with BYD China. BYD China. And uh, so there's all kinds of problems with this. One, he didn't follow the protocol, the legal protocol to do this. The second thing is he paid an amazing price. He paid over three dollars per mask. Now, on the way home tonight from uh, listening to Chris Ann Hall, I was listening to some guys on the radio. It was a <clears throat> it was a show on guns and a talk show. And they were advertising since they were saying, hey, since you have to have a mask, they were advertising these really good quality masks that really fit your face. And, you know, they were like better than the average mask. You know how much they were costing? Not over three dollars a piece. They were just costing a dollar a piece. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Then I'd heard that Governor Cuomo, who isn't the sharpest knife in the drawer, he ended up purchasing masks from 3M, which is a big, uh, you know, it's a big manufacturing, diversified manufacturing company in the United States. From 3M, they made him masks. I forget how many he bought, huge amount, for like 79 cents a mask. So why would Gavin Newsom make an agreement with BYD China? In the first place, why would you do business with China when they just introduced the disease that we're having to wear the mask for? Why would you bless them with a billion dollars when we could have bought when you could have done business with an American company? It you know, you have to think about this thing, people. He has more allegiance to China, to communist China than he does the Amer America. Now, that's true of a lot of American leaders nowadays. They don't really see themselves as Americans. They see themselves as citizens of the world. And so they don't really have an allegiance or a patriotism or a loyalty to America. That's why they don't support law enforcement very much. That's why Obama hated law enforcement. Obama hated the military because he didn't like America. 
And so uh, so Newsom has now made this mass deal. They fronted this Chinese company as a deposit close to a half a billion dollars. Is that blowing your mind? And I heard that one of the banks that was processing this transfer of funds, it was such a shocking thing to them because there, it was a down payment. They put when have you ever put a half a half down on something? So first he did that. Then he lied about it. He didn't say it was with China. The first people inquired about it. He said, well, it's a company in Asia. Isn't it deceptive? Why couldn't he just be transparent? Because he's a liar. He's a cheat. He's a liar. He's an adulterer. That's just who he is. I'm not saying I hate him. I'm just saying that's who he is. You voted him in. I did not vote for him. If you voted for him, that's who you got. You didn't. I guess you didn't have a problem. When they got some of these masks here, some the first edition of them, the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health uh, rejected them. They, it didn't make their, meet their standards. And the Newsom's group uh, lied about it. And they said, well, it just didn't pass the test right or something. Anyway, they kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. So now it's it's uh, it's become a big deal, and it should be a big deal. He's acting like a king and a dictator. He's not acting like the governor of the state. He has no business making purchases like that. The other thing that's underlying this, and I, th- I think I may have said it last week, is that the guy that's this, the key guy in the subsidiary of this China company that's in the United States donated $40,000 to Newsom's campaign. The other thing is that Warren Buffett, who's a famous uh, successful investor, has a 25% stake in this Chinese company. You know, people, they're... It's one thing the governor could try to influence where they buy bought the product from, right? If he wanted to put some side influence on the purchasing agent, you know, there's, do you know that there, in the state and federal government, there's people that all they do is purchase stuff. Their job is to purchase stuff. And they are good at it. They're supposed to be good at it where they're getting the best deals. And it's the same thing when with this latest thing with buying ventilators and buying masks. And there's people in our government that that do that. That's all they do is buy stuff. But why would the governor It'd be like President Trump just going out and making a mask deal on his own? It's just not proper. Now, I wanted to a lot of you have been trying to figure out this Tony Fauci. You know, it's an interesting thing. The guy is 79 years old. I don't know whether he just loves what he does or he likes the power. He's been doing the same job for like three, four, five decades. Did you know that? There's something going on here that uh, isn't obvious from first glance. Why would a guy 79 years of age still be in the middle of trying to run the nation's health? My question, even with the local health officer in Yuba County, she represents Yuba Sutter. She may be the nicest person in the world. I've never met her. My criticism isn't of her personality. My criticism is, and I was talking to Dr. Joe Cassidy, former health officer here in 
trying to say, what in the world's going on with this person? Because she's a doctor. And I, I keep thinking of a health officer like my personal doctor. And that's the wrong way to think of it. That's my problem. I think of it wrong. Because she's telling me what I have to do. And she's threatening me that if I don't do that, I'm going to get in trouble with her. And, and the local health officer has arrest powers. And if she tells the sheriff to come and arrest me, he doesn't have an option, supposedly. And so when she threatens me on her little YouTube clips, like, you're not wearing enough masks or you're not staying separate enough. I have to ask the question. That's why I had to figure out where's the site. You know how Fauci, Tony Fauci, the lab mouse, he keeps saying hydroxychloroquine. There's no research on it. But several years ago, 15 years ago, he was recommending it and telling what a wonderful product it was. It's been around for 50 years. I've taken it. I've taken it when I used to have to go to uh, Uganda and India. I had to take anti-malaria medicine. It's been around for years. And so he said, yeah, d- didn't it strike you as odd? There's no tests. There's no testing on it. So Fauci is a guy that unless you have control groups and and type A, group A, group B, group C, and compare all the data and do all the research and have a double blind comparison and all that kind of stuff, until you do all that, he's not going to buy it. Now, once that's said, hold that thought. Where is the testing on masks? There's no testing on masks that they're going to keep you from getting getting the bug. Where's the testing on social distancing? Actually, I read an article on it. said, you know, they tried to promote it in case there was a pandemic under the Bush administration. And it was an idea brought up by one of the guys in the room, his high school uh daughter or son did it as an experiment at high school. There's no science to it. My point is there's no science to social distancing. And to lock people down as healthy is just bad news. So when the health official, like I said in my article in the newspaper, I said, if you want to call Fong Lu, that's a lady's name, that's a doctor. She's from Vietnam. If you want to call her the county officer, I'm with you. The The confusing thing for me is when you put the word health and you said that's a health officer, then I immediately think that that woman is interested in my health, my personal health, not just the health of the whole county, but just my personal health. And I made a mistake. It's kind of like the guy who was shopping. He He'd never been to a modern supermarket and he looked at one set of cans and it showed a picture of beans and thought oh i like beans there's and he said does that mean that photo that because he'd never eaten food out of a can he said oh does that mean there's beans that's beans inside the can then the guy was from here he said yeah there's beans and then he went down and he, there were some beets he said oh beets i like beets that's in there there's they're in the can that's a picture. Whatever's on the picture, the guy said, yeah, what, whatever is on the picture is in the can. The guy says, I got it. So then when they got down to the baby food, they had a picture of a baby on there. He said, do they got chopped up babies in there? Is that what that is? 
things get kind of confusing. Things get kind of confusing. And so now we got a health director who's not interested in your health. She's just interested in doing what the government tells her to tell you to do. That's a Nazi. That's a stormtrooper. That's a brown shirter. That's a fascist. That's a paper pusher. That's a bureaucrat. Right? That's a paperweight. And we're paying her over $300,000 a year. I don't really care whether we paid her nothing, whether she's volunteer. To tell people... There are people that you that the government of Eubank Center County has literally scared the hell right out of them by telling them kids have cried, wept. I don't want to go outside. I think I'm going to die. Somebody needs to pay for this. Firing squad, hang them right out in the square. I'm for it. Either way. A little time in jail. No way. No way. This is way beyond killing a person. Killing one person, no big deal. What they've done to traumatize billions of people all around the world, it's so over the top for me. So I ain't letting go of it. I am not letting go of it. Let me just read you this. Oh, we're coming to shoot. One, two, three, four, five. We're going to end up running out of time here. I'm going to get to Let's see. Where are we at here? We're okay. We're coming up to uh, the end of our uh, sixth or fifth clip here uh, segment. Uh, I want to just give a shout out to Ted Holmes and the Plumbing Doctor, and you can reach them at five three zero six seven one nine one one one. They fix all my plumbing stuff over here. I just call them to come in here, toilet replace toilets, save water. If you've got one of them old toilets. You know, you can cut the water. If you live in Marysville, you need to get new toilets and cut your water use in half, and they'll save you a lot of money. Or you got a dripping deal in Marysville. It's just like the water is worth very, it's very expensive here. Four times as much as Yuba City, Oliver, Serlinda. So, um, but if you got a leaky anything, it is bad news. It's going to rot your floor out or it's going to waste money. So I, I've got, you know, it's, I lived in an old place. So stuff starts leaking. The water heater's leaking. The, the need a new faucet. They come in, fix stuff. Man, I've got the ship all righted. It's like super good. So I call plumbing doctor. They come over and take care of me. They're fast. They don't like you're not going to come next week. They're like, get on it. In fact, they, they said on their advertisement, we may be able to come over right now. Boom. Shondai, they're over here. So... Plumbing doctor, they can come over 24 hours a day, 530-671-9111. I saw Ted today. He owns the plumbing doctor, and he was at the funeral I was at and uh, just sitting with a bunch of guys that have been all over the world together. We're all getting older, but he's, we've been on most of the continents of the world doing missions projects. So he runs a plumbing doctor, does a great job, and he's honest, and he's a, just a really nice guy. He's one of my best friends. So do business with them. You, they'll treat you right. So uh, we're going to take a break right now, and then we're going to finish one more segment, and then I'm going to treat myself to something really nice before I take a snooze and, and wake up for Friday. And then Tanner Martis from Texas, my Texan, is going to make this thing. Somebody said, to, I said, how did the show sound? They said it sounded really good. I said, that's because Tanner was on his game because old Lou can't do it that good. Tanner needs to clean me up, put a fresh face on me. All right, we'll be right back. 
tell you a story. We'll call it a tale of two states. In one state, we have a Democratic governor who mandated that nursing homes take in sick patients who tested positive for COVID-19, resulting in the avoidable death of thousands of seniors. In another state, we have a Republican governor, one who didn't put nursing homes at risk and who is now opening up his state for business because their COVID numbers are so low. And guess which one the left is accusing of murder? Hint, it's not the one with all the bodies in his backyard. Back in March, New York Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo ordered nursing homes to take in patients who'd been sent to the hospital and had tested positive for COVID-19. In doing so, he effectively turned the state's nursing homes into human petri dishes where the virus could spread among the most vulnerable. Three COVID-19 patients were transferred to the Gerwin Jewish Nursing and Rehabilitation Center on Long Island. Within a month, 24 residents were dead. In late April, 70 COVID patients were sent to Harlem's Terrence Cardinal Cook Home. By May 8, 32 people were dead. 19 were sent to Staten Island's Carmel Richardson Home. By May 8, 56 people were dead. Hospitals in New York City have reported that anywhere between 10 and 35 percent of their released COVID-19 patients were sent to nursing homes and rehab centers. While the media were busy kissing Cuomo's butt, calling Trump a murderer and mocking dim-witted anti-science Republicans for pointing out that economic devastation kills people, too, Cuomo's little experiment was causing the virus to spread throughout nursing homes like wildfire, killing people by the thousands. The problem got so bad, in fact, that early this month, the New York Health Department began omitting the number of COVID deaths of nursing home residents who died in hospitals. So far, we know more than 5,300 nursing home residents have died of COVID-19 in New York, and we know that number has been vastly undercounted. But now Cuomo is claiming that nobody should be prosecuted for those deaths. Why? Well, because he would be first in line. Except he's justifying himself by saying that old people were going to die anyway. Not kidding. Here he is this weekend. Older people, vulnerable people are going to die from this virus. That is going to happen, despite whatever you do. Because with all our progress as a society, we can't keep everyone alive. Despite what everything you do. And older people are more vulnerable. And that is a fact. And that is not going to change. Which is weird because when us non-liberals were over here pointing out that some deaths were probably inevitable and that a total national shutdown was not a good or feasible solution, we were accused of killing grandma for our stock portfolio. But at least we weren't cramming six seniors together like cattle, then omitting their deaths from our reports. Now, at the same time, we have Florida, where Governor Ron DeSantis, a Republican, is ahead of the curve in reopening his state and trying to get back to normal. He's pointed out that Florida had never spiked the way that some health officials had feared, even though it was one of the last states to impose a lockdown. Florida nursing homes have seen fewer than 700 total deaths, despite its very large elderly population. But then again, DeSantis also never ordered them to take back infected seniors, so maybe that helped. 
Instead, he directed millions of face masks and protective gear to nursing homes. He restricted visits and created emergency response teams to assess what supplies and resources they needed. All nursing home staff were required to wear PPE and get their temperature taken before work. In Florida, there have only been a total of 1,364 COVID-19 deaths in a state of 21.5 million people. But that hasn't taken DeSantis out of the media's crosshairs during this whole thing. When it started, MSNBC slammed him for his botched response to the virus, predicting doom and gloom and accusing him of killing people. This week, Governor Ron DeSantis finally issued a stay-at-home order for the entire state of Florida. But it took weeks and plenty of criticism for him to come to this decision. Now the state is a hotspot for the spread of coronavirus, with more than 10,000 confirmed cases and more than 100 deaths. Those numbers are expected to continue climbing. The state's health care and social programs have been put under immense strain as well. Is the governor's botched response to this outbreak going to cost even more lives? When Florida began reopening, attorney Dan Ulfelder, who once dressed as a grim reaper and stomped around Florida's beaches to make social distancing points, accused DeSantis of having blood all over his hands. The Daily Beast is predicting that the reopen will go horribly wrong, posting this along with a photo of a Trump supporter, of course. CNN begrudgingly admitted Florida's success, but claimed that it was mostly luck that got them there. One third of all COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. have been in nursing homes. That is the single most vulnerable population. But instead of criticizing the Democrat, who single-handedly put that population in the line of fire, the left wants to slam Republican governors in other states that are reopening their economies. Because those governors are smart enough to understand that, according to the data, the vast majority of healthy people are not at risk and can go about their daily lives just fine. Because this is not about the virus, or keeping people healthy, or preventing death. We knew this virus disproportionately affected the elderly from the get-go, but Cuomo threw open nursing home doors and mandated that they import this disease anyway. If this shutdown had really been about preventing death, that never would have happened. The media would have been all over it. He'd have been labeled a murderer and run out of town. If this were about preventing death, the left would not be throwing a fit over governors who let healthy families take their kids to the beach. They'd be focusing on the ones who intentionally and knowingly put the most vulnerable at an even higher risk. And that right there tells you that this is not and has never been about preventing death. It is about politics. And that's your Reality Check America. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page, that you like us on Facebook and Twitter. Stay sane out there. The problem is all inside your head, she said to me. The answer is easy if you listen carefully. I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. There must be 50 ways to catch Corona. She said, I really hate to give such attitude. Furthermore, I truly hope my social distance isn't rude. But I'll repeat myself at the risk of virus in my food. There must be. 50 ways to catch Corona 50 ways to catch Corona You just go out to eat, Pete Hang out at the pub, but Hands don't need to be clean, Gene Hey, just listen to me Breathe in the sneeze, Louise Don't worry about that moist breeze Just touch on your face, Grace Share a city with me Oh, just go out to eat, Pete Hang out at the pub, pub. Hands don't need to be clean, Gene. It's all cool, you see. Breathe in the sneeze, Louise. Don't worry about that moist breeze. Just touch on your face, Grace. 
Let's well, I've been, business. I've run some business. I was talking to a guy after the meeting tonight with Chris Ann Hall, and uh, I was telling a guy that I, you know, in my work life, um, I, part of my life I worked for nonprofits, you know, but even as when we had Morningstar and ran Morningstar as a nonprofit, we took in people off the streets. We had to start businesses, and I learned really quick as a 20-something, how hard it was to run a successful business. And I knew nothing about anything. I knew how to balance a checkbook. That's about all I knew. So I had to learn advertising. I had to learn all kinds of stuff. It was like employee management, payroll, bookkeeping. I'd taken a couple accounting courses out at the Yuba College. and uh, But I just learned how hard it was to not only do the business and p- produce a good product, but then also to make a profit so you could stay in business and where you, at the end of the month, you think this was worth doing. And I felt so sad for all the people that have had their businesses irreparably damaged. And where is their recourse? What are they going to do? Uh, because what are you going to do? Sue the government? It's like Dr. Fong Lu said, well, I think all the businesses need to go get attorneys. I thought that's a person. I, I, I am not trying to be disrespectful to her. That is such a, a rude government statement. Government has lots of attorneys for one reason. They have our tax dollars and they spend all our tax dollars on attorneys. That's our money. So to turn around after the government screws you over. And then the government tells you, oh, well, you could go get an attorney and sue somebody, right? Sue government. So essentially, you're buying two sets of attorneys. You're buying one for yourself, and then you're buying one to fight against you. you you're, you're hiring the prosecution and the defense, right? And so I feel so bad for my – because I have a lot of fr- young friends who are in business – and just simply got raped by Gavin Newsom. And my feeling is, let's go rape him. Let's rape him. Let's take him down, right? And let's take down anybody else. Let's take down the entire California government that has become a dictatorship. It's not a, it's not a republic. It does not represent the Constitution. It's huge. They're in our business. We need to take them down. And I feel so bad. And so when I was sitting in the meeting tonight listening to Chris Ann Hall talk about how the government continues to screw us, I was reflecting on our fight over Measure K, how now it's gone into a couple years long now, where we began to fight against Measure K, which was, if, if you're new to this, it was a sales tax increase in Yuba County. They said that they could not fund law enforcement or fire. And they needed to raise a 1% sales tax in the state of California. We already pay 6 or 7%. And very little of that stays at the county level. It goes to the state. But if you add 1% or 2% that a county can do or a local jurisdiction, you get to keep that slice all local. So the, the government here, the county says the supervisors voted. And they said, we're going to add this. We're going to put this on the ballot and let the people decide. But the problem is they they didn't. Uh, draft the ordinance correctly and they needed the way the ordinance was phrased they needed two-thirds vote of the populace to pass it 
But they said, no, we just need 50% plus one. So here's what they did. They, the supervisors and the county administrator set up an illegal ordinance that was basically heads they win, tails we lose. So if they, no matter whether they got a two-thirds vote or a 50% plus one, they were going to see if no one would fight it. Although we warned them ahead of time that they had written it wrong, but they ignored the warning. And what they did is they de- they defined a special fund, which you need a two-thirds vote, and it was a general, what they said, well, we just need a general vote, general tax vote, 50% plus one. The long and the short of it is they designed an illegal tax so they didn't need to do as many votes. They knew from the get-go they were doing illegal activity. Uh, let me let me say it a different way. Some knew and maybe some didn't. Some are too stupid among the supervisors to have figured this out. But the, there's, I know that some of them knew that that it was a heads they win, tails we lose. So they knew that if nobody opposed it, then it would get drafted, it would become law, and we'd pay one percent forever. Amen. If it got opposed and they lost, even if they lost in court, they get to keep all the money they've collected. Is that weird or what? Now, the money, the 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 uh, law says, the Constitution says that that the government cannot take tax dollars to convince through media, public relations, advertising. They cannot take the people's tax dollars and try to persuade them to give them more of their tax dollars because that's a violation of their free speech. Your dollars equal your speech, right? It's kind of like whenever you go to one auto parts store versus another auto parts store, your speech is saying, I love these guys over here. And your speech is saying by you spending your money over there and not over there, you like brand A, but you don't like brand B. It's the same way if you go to Taco Bell and you skip McDonald's, you're saying, I, my free speech is over here at Taco Bell, right? So they took hundreds of thousands of dollars in Yuba County. They took hundreds of thousands of dollars of our tax money in violation of the Constitution. I'm telling you that the government is continued to violate the law, though they arrest you. Oh, you didn't get a permit. Oh, you didn't paint that correctly. We don't like that color. Oh, you can't break up that concrete and pour it. But no, you got to do this. You got to get you got to get this permit. You got to get that permit. You got to do that. And you got to ask permission to get together and have a meeting. Oh, you have too many people in that in that room. And so the government on us all the time, but they don't follow their own laws. They are governing us instead of us governing them. And the only way we get back at them is we got to hire our own attorney with our own money. And then we have to hire their attorney because we pay for everything. So they hired all these public relations people at hundreds of thousands of dollars in violation of our of our free speech rights. And then uh, they lost they they won the election, but they didn't get enough votes to fulfill what they needed. So when we uh, filed an action, I didn't file the action, but when people filed an action in court, I was for it. And they lost the county lost instead of being gracious. And they could have put another 
uh, referendum or measure on the ballot, the next ballot, instead of being gracious, their egos got involved, and they knew that in the midst of fighting over this in an appeals court, they were collecting $10,000 a day in taxes, and that ultimately, win or lose, they would get to keep whatever they collected in the interim. Is this evil or what? You don't get any funkier evil, and we're actually arresting people that are stealing other people's property. The police and sheriff's department are going around arresting people that are going out stealing somebody else's equipment or car. I, I think that's correct. We should be doing that. But we don't arrest government when we're, they're stealing money from us with an illegal tax, and they knew, they knew it. They violated our constitutional rights. And we're not arresting anybody. The supervisor said, well, we just were letting, we just wanted to see what the people wanted to do. No, they they ripped us off. They screwed us. They knew it. They planned it. They premeditated. You know, you can murder a guy and you get one consequence. If you premeditate it, you know, if you murder a guy, you go, you didn't have any intent to hurt somebody and you got into a fight somewhere or you actually ran over a guy. But you didn't intend it. That's a different penalty. It's a less penalty of killing somebody. But if you premeditate it, you plan it, you organize it, and you you execute that murder, that's the highest penalty, correct? Yes. And then if it's a hate crime, if you love the guy and killed him, you're all right. But if you hate him and killed him, then that's a worse crime. You got that? That's a hate, that's a hate crime. So what they did to us in Yuba County... Now, this is interesting. Oh, we feel so bad. Wouldn't it be great if the supervisors of your county of Yuba or Sutter came out and instead of like giving money, you're, they, they're not giving their own money. They're giving my money, my tax money. They're giving that to a few of their favorite businesses. Instead of like doing something to benefit every single business in the area. You know, there's over 2,000 businesses in Sutter County. And they helped. They gave money about up to $20,000 a piece to about 10 businesses, 10 or 12 businesses. How did that help all our businesses? It was a stupid thing they did. They don't, they don't have a right to be a bank. What if they would have done something different, like they cut all the fees or they took a lot of rules off business to save them money or did something like that? What if they hired some attorneys because their attorneys aren't they, they got a lousy county council over there anyway but if they hired some really sharp attorneys to attack the governor and protect the businesses wouldn't that have said something about the county supervisors the city councils that they actually were going to stand behind the businesses or stand before the business and say governor newsom you can do whatever you want with those 50 other 56 counties but these two counties here Leave them alone. We're going to do what we want to do, and you're not shutting any businesses or churches or this or that and the other thing. What if they would have put together a bank of attorneys? That would have helped all of us. But instead, they turned around and just gave money to a few of their friends. Is that weird or what? Is that evil or what? That's evil. And I can talk to these supervisors, and they just look at you like an owl in a tree with a little little bird brain. So the Sutter, so the Yuba County supervisor said, "Well, we really feel bad. All these businesses. No, they don't. They could they could help out by take by uh, stop taking ten thousand dollars a day in extra sales tax. They could just they could stop their appeal because every month that goes by, they're taking ten thousand a day. Ten that's three hundred thousand dollars a month taken out of the pockets of Yuba County people. 
when they take money out of our out of our economy, that hurts our economy because all of us could that extra ten thousand, that extra three hundred thousand dollars a month would be churning in the system. That money goes and buys something else, and it buys something else, and buys something else, and they just take it and pay pay for pensions. So you see that it's uh, it's it's like the coronavirus. They say focus on the virus. We're trying to save your life. We're all just trying to save people. Hey, don't get your neighbor sick. And all the time they're sta- taking away our freedoms. You you can't go there. You can't attend church. You can't go to meetings. You can't go to AA. You can't go to NA. You can't do this. You can't do that. Oh, you can't go to concerts anymore. Oh, your kid can't go to school anymore. People, that's communism. Overnight, we have become a communist government. Oh, well, it's just going to be temporary. Oh, really? Didn't they already? First, it was a week. Then it's two weeks. Then it's three weeks. Then, then they're not going to do it till Bill Gates says we can't do anything till we have a vaccine. Well, then they say what may, we may never have to have. We, we may never do public meetings again. Remember that part? People say we never... We may never have public meetings. We may never have big athletic events again. Who are these people? They're nuts. Who, who's going to take care of them? Well, unless you do something, nobody's going to take care of them. Unless we take it down, disassemble it, force them out of office. You know, I, I think people think I'm nutso sometimes. I'm just repeating stuff the founding fathers who created this amazing country said. They said, kill them. Thomas Jefferson, we need to spill some blood. It wa- it fertilizes the tree of liberty. That's what they said. The blood of patriots and tyrants. That means some blood is going to get shed on both sides. But that fertilizes the tree of liberty. That's why I said these. it's like Dickens times. This is good times and there's bad times. The good times is that some people are going to address this. It stirred them up because it's, it, it's uh, damaged their life. They realize how government, uh, you know, government has been damaging a lot of our lives for a long time, but we've just put up with it. And it's been so incremental, so small at each time. It's just like the CHP officers who step by step shoved a couple thousand people completely off the Capitol grounds, moved them probably a hundred yards or more, just by little incremental movements with batons and shields and helmets and violated their constitutional rights. They didn't start swinging helmets, swinging batons. They just step, and then all of a sudden they'd wait for a while, then they'd take another step. That's how we've lost our freedom. Some people don't even recognize. They don't even know what America. A lot of people today, they don't even know when America started. They don't know who the first president of the United States was. They don't know what the 4th of July means. They just don't know much about anything. They're, what the, they would say what most people would say. They're stupid. They went to school, but they got it. They got a graduation certificate, but they don't really have anything to show for it. There's a lot of people that are really smart that never graduated from school because they educated themselves. They had a hunger to learn and they educated themselves. There are a lot of kids that just got pushed through school, that they couldn't relate to school. They hated school because it was boring and they taught stupid stuff. 
but they never did educate themselves. They just went out and sold crank or weed, drank beer, got just did stupid. And it, and pretty soon 10 years goes by. Some people I know can't even talk. They don't even talk in normal English. They can't write, but they graduated from school. I want you to think about that. I thought school actually did them harm. They should school. It's like, you know, every once in a while I'll read where somebody sued the school for malpractice. Maybe kids should sue the parents for malpractice. I don't know. But you think if school's got the kid for six to eight hours a day, five days a week, or 186 days a year, and they can't produce a reader, they should be sued. That's malpractice. We sue doctors all the time, right? You go in to have something done on you and it didn't work out, you sue them. That's That's just one act. We're talking about kids that spend most of their life for 12 years in a row in school, and they can't read, they can't function, they don't even know where this country came from. They think we're supposed to be communists or something. Crazy. Let me read this to you really quick. There's just a couple minutes left. It says, just in case there's anybody out there that still doubts that the pandemic wasn't planned and intentional, those little spikes that come out of the you've seen the pictures of the spikes on the coronavirus, those little spikes that come out of the coronavirus and make it attach inside our lungs so efficiently are called spike glycoproteins spike glycoproteins better known as s proteins for short well the covid-19 strain that's currently going around has spike protein one it's got has s protein 120 spikes s they call it s protein 120 s protein 120 is only found in one other virus known to man hiv the the predecessor or precursor to AIDS, meaning the current COVID-19 strain was indeed genetically modified by the insertion of these HIV proteins into the coronavirus and therefore weaponizing it. So here's the kicker and nail in the coffin. Dr. Anthony Fauci is the first person to identify, isolate, and patent spike glycoprotein S-120. What what more needs to be said? What other evidence do you need me to present? Do you really still think these all are coincidences? Written by a fellow named Sidney Anderson. Now, he leaves a, um, a link to patents. If you want to check this out, I already did, so it works. Go to patents dot justia j-u-s-t-i-a dot com and then backslash inventor backslash anthony hyphen s hyphen fauci f-a-u-c-i i'm gonna say it again you got to go check this out patents dot justia dot com backslash inventor i-n-v-e-n-t-o-r backslash anthony hyphen S hyphen Fauci, F-A-U-C-I. And you can see all 
the patents that Mr. Fauci is making millions of dollars on. It used to be that if you work for government in science, if you discovered something, the benefit you got from government was being paid for all those years of just messing around in a laboratory 40, 50, 60 hours a week and getting paid for it. And if you invented something, thank you, Jesus, but you didn't get all the patents where you made millions of dollars. Now, Congress changed it so government scientists get paid, get vacation, get health benefits, plus if they do something extraordinary and they file and get a patent, then they make millions of dollars on it. Mr. Fout, what that does is is have an ulterior motive to their work, and actually they could do sloppy work or jacked up work and still get a patent and get millions of dollars on it. So you can see all the patents, just some of them. There's just a page or so there of Fauci's work. But it's interesting that Fauci did some of this work to actually create the fiasco that we're fighting today. And yet he's been your superstar for a lot of you, little Tony Fauci, the lab mouse. We're done for this week. And um, there is a play coming up starting the end of the month called The Invisibles. That's at Church of Glad Tidings. You can go on their website at churchofgladtidings.com. It's called The Invisibles. It's an original play. Yeah, we're going to pack the place. We're not going to worry about the coronavirus. Called The Invisibles. It's got original music, original script, original cast. It's all cool. Uh, So if you want some entertainment, get out and about. Good family entertainment. Check out The Invisibles, churchofgladtidings.com. So um, I think that's it. And uh, if you run into somebody this week that you don't know, you might be careful to entertain them, be good to them, be kind to them, because they may be an angel dispatched to be on earth to do something, and you didn't even know it. God bless you. Thanks for paying attention over here. And go out and stand up for your rights. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them. Sugar to kiss. Sugar to kiss.